Open the show. Open the show. Open the show. All right, open the show. Well, there's an obscure close to your host with the most Chris Smith as he boasts. We toast that he boasts. Any little problem. It's a foreshadow and a reference at the same fucking joke. As he hits you with jokes. Who can it be sitting next to me? I need your baby's dad and me spitting comedy magically. Scoring all your comic book wannabes. You're gonna be hit with a hook. I'll turn your face into a tragedy. Steve B with the chemistry. Dropping recipes and melodies. Restlessly, especially using dark humor as his weaponry. Mentally haunting all your dirty thoughts like an entity. No empathy. Credibility, discussing history, legacy, ethnicity, destiny, felonies, industry, jealousy, memories, pregnancies, tendencies, therapy, heavily, alcohol, a cast is the remedy. 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 The remedy. Welcome, welcome. This is the Alcoholic Cast. We are your hosts. I am Chris Smith. To my right, I got. My name's Adney. And to the left, Stevie August Borghese. Right on. To the left, to the left. All the Stevies to the left in the box. Something. Um, Things. Let's go into shout outs. I got to give a shout out to my buddy Joe Hughes. He finally fucking managed to get a fucking SoundCloud app because he finally managed to get a fucking uh, smartphone. Because fucking Joe. Finally, he not wrote me, dirt like, oh, poor. He's like, I, I downloaded it. I downloaded the app. So uh, I'm going to listen now. Because he doesn't have an iPhone because his life sucks, obviously. I'm like, bro. <laughs> bro, you're eight months too late. But dude, once that 7 comes out, everyone's going to be going back to Android. Like, fuck dude, iPhone. Seriously. As soon as yeah, I'm, dude. I'm with you take that. away the jack. Take away my oh, jack. Take away the jack. It's okay. You could just get this. $60 no, oh, bro. now you're going to have to do Apple Pay. Listen, <laughs> Apple, quit trying to jack off. You know what I'm saying? Don't be trying to jack off. Oh, they're jacking it off, oh, bro. They're oh, taking away the jack. You lost your you lost your earbuds? We had, oh, I guess you have to buy new ones. Oh, again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, oh, again. We, we sorry. We sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my shout-out to Joe Hughes. About fucking time you made you. But, yeah, review us on iTunes. Yeah, Joe, review us. <laughs> nobody has Androids anymore. <laughs> nobody has Apple anymore. So fucking Androids. God you, damn it. Can you rate a review from an Android? Droid tunes. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's start a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to rate review from an Android, but I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I don't think you I can. Think that's all we get for talking so much shit about green bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, all we, that's all we get. Damn, what a bitch. I don't want a green bubble, bro. I I, it's it, like the color is just off putting. Do that on purpose, by the way, because blue is <laughs> blue is a soothing. This is science. Makes you. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> this, this is science. This is science. But blue is Bang, actually science, pussies. <laughs> <laughs> but blue is a soothing color, especially that the color of the blue in the text, and the green is so like bright and just ugly that it it's meant to be off putting. So we'll talk shit to people who don't have it yeah <laughs> yeah this sounds hey, conspiracy i can feel it but i am not adam <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you fucking green bubbles they're only green because the reptilians not in this country <laughs> <laughs> they want that color to be in your face because really, the green... when they come and they finally reveal themselves they want you to be all pudding you know what i'm saying so you need to be uncomfortable <laughs> Blue bubbles. <laughs> All right, next shout out. <laughs> shout out to Alex Jones. <laughs> 
You, you're getting his impersonation pretty good, but you're doing an impersonation of an impersonation. Yeah, I'm doing an impersonation <laughs> of an impersonation of somebody impersonating Alex Jones. I know a guy who knows a guy who went to jail with a guy who knows Alex Jones. Just like all of Alex Jones' uh, sources. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's a guy oh, of a guy geez. of a guy. Anyways, I'm going to give a shout out. It's my second time shouting out to this person, but it's funny. I'm giving a shout out to Butters. Again? Because. That bitch gets all the shout outs. She got the second one. <laughs> but, like, so. At like the same day that uh, we aired the last episode, she texts. She texted me and goes, "Oh my god, you guys sound so much better with the new equipment. It sounds super good." I was like, "Oh, thanks, dude." And then like an hour and a half later, <laughs> into the, the podcast, man, the Burning Man. <laughs> oh my god, the Burning Man. She's like, out of nowhere, she goes, "I didn't suck on her toes, asshole." <laughs> <laughs> name of the fucking podcast. <laughs> it's gotta be. Oh my it's god, be. I didn't suck on her toes. She goes, and then like, don't okay, guess the name. That's that. Okay, then. Right after that text message, I got, oh my god, you're such an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Also, not how it happened, but whatever. (laughs) That was all bullshit. And she goes, okay, I asked her to put her foot in my mouth. Even worse! That's what I was going to (laughs) say. And I barely put it in. That's what she said. I barely put it in. What do, you mean? what do you mean you're pregnant? I barely put it in. I barely put it in. You're foot pregnant. <laughs> I just did it for the picture. Like, you, oh, that's, uh. And I a thousand percent got something from it. How many people can say that they put Cara Delevingne's foot in their mouth? Wrong there, Butters. It's E-I-R. No, the real question is, who would want to put mouth her at foot Burning in Man. Their mouth. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Was there how would you say that? <laughs> Nobody with dignity. Nobody with dignity. At Burning Man? No. But if I met her in real life and she, I would definitely suck on her toes. In real life, not at Burning yeah, Man. Yeah, not at Burning okay, Man. Okay, now not we're talking about a different situation. Because listen, okay, we don't want that playa dirty. You don't want to take that playa <laughs> with you. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. <laughs> Bring you're down. supposed to make only memories and leave only footprints. You know? <laughs> <laughs> take, take only leave. memories. Yeah, my take man. only memories. Take oh. only memories and leave only footprints. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a South Park so, reference. Like, and she goes, foreshadow. <laughs> The fact that she came up and sat down right next to me and started a conversation. So apparently she wasn't a douchebag, Cara Delevingne, I mean. That's cool, though. I'll never forget that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, the conversation part's cool. Putting her foot in my mouth. That part's not cool. Was a little gross. (laughs) But she's a celebrity and probably was staying in a luxury camp. That was like like that. So so, so she is a douchebag for defeating the purpose of hurting man. (laughs) She just has a fucking bunch of hippies with a fucking giant feathers. No, she's like, this is my posse. On a giant throne. Yeah. Slays yeah, and chains yeah, on their necks. Seriously, because she's trying to play. Just like a chantress. I was gonna say the same thing. But anyways, uh, so shout out to my stupid fucking friend. <laughs> I'm gonna give a weird one. Such this a douchebag. I'm gonna give a weird one to somebody who doesn't even listen, doesn't even care, doesn't even know about us. I'm gonna give a shout out to Steve Buscemi this week. Because of 9-11. Because of 9-11. Everyone knows this story. Uh, Kraft did a whole thing on it, uh, I think a while back. Steve Buscemi actually, because he used to be a firefighter back in the day before he became an actor. Sidebar, Stipe Miocic, current heavyweight champion of the UFC, is still a firefighter. He won on Saturday, knocked this dude what out. What was his last name? On Monday, was last went name to fireworks school or whatever. Firefighter. Fireworks school. <laughs> he's a firefighter. That's a pyrotechnic, Chris. That's a different, he's not a firefighter. Yeah, a class he's a fire starter. It's the exact opposite. I'm just saying, he's equally as great. <laughs> yeah, your guy may be a hero, bro, but my guy blows shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Sorry, go ahead. 
Uh, but yeah, fucking, anybody... he's six foot eight, three thousand pounds. He should be fighting fires. You're right. Steve Buscemi is forty five pounds, That's true. soaking wet. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> and he looks mom. frail. <laughs> so picking up boulders and shit. A lot, of, the... a lot of people don't know this about him, but he used to be a firefighter before he became an actor. Now, when nine eleven happened. Most people, most actors are like, hey, look at me. I'm helping out. You see this? Record me make helping sure, out. Make sure, you, make sure you post this on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, Back in 2001, Steve before Buscemi it happened. Steve basically, there's, there is a, I think there is a hey, photo of hurry him. up. Invent a social media site <laughs> where it's only pictures. Invent that and then take a picture of me doing this thing. Um, I think most... Uh, I think only pictures they really get. I think they have a picture of him on the back of a fire truck. But he automatically... I saw a picture of him like in the rubble. Yeah, yeah. They he automatically jumped on the back of fire truck and fucking just went right back to his old job and started helping pulling people out of the rubble and he got upset when everybody when anybody tried to record him or take a picture or interview him about it he said fuck off get away from me this isn't a publicity stunt that I'm doing this because it's my it's what you should be doing you should be helping out and you're do, you're doing right now you're doing exactly what he didn't want I know <laughs> <laughs> I know hey how dare you hey, it's it's been 15 Dis- years okay you're disrespecting the wishes years. of a hero <laughs> of someone who was there on ground zero and you're disrespecting their wishes it's been 15 years okay? no you're a dick no dude. I'm allowed to bring it to I'm not, allowed to bring it to life dude you're supposed to never forget 15 years, <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> you're supposed but to I forgot forget. about why he was doing the rubble thing but I just <laughs> The I'm, never, I'm never gonna forget. <laughs> you know the uh, the the rubble thing. I'm never gonna forget that he was there building, picking up rocks. I, I like him because he's, hey, he's, he's wicked dirty. good at picking up. He's a rock, rock picker upper. You know what I mean? He's a good guy. He's a rock so uh, shout out to Steve Buscemi. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Yes. <laughs> Stupid bro. Fight! Fight fucking toke! Fight fucking toke! You gotta fight, fuck, talk, 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 fight, fight, fuck, talk, fight, fuck, talk, don't talk to you, fight, fuck, talk. Hey, Andy, you gotta fucking fight to talk. Alright. I'll go first because I think Annie is going to really go off. I'm just going to do a quick <laughs> recap. <laughs> um, this past weekend we had what was called UFC 203. And it was finally the debut of CM Punk, the wrestler turned UFC fighter. And everyone was so excited he was going to do I so I keep wanting well. to call him SLC Punk because that movie. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a good movie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie, dude. And exactly what everybody thought was going to happen SLC Pair, Adam's movie, right? That's deep. Deep cuts. It's a little you might as well explain it. Like, my SLC friend, stands right. for Salt Lake City. The movie is called Salt Lake City Punk. It's a movie about a bunch of punk rockers who live in Mormontown, Utah. Now, we that's have a movie about and that's Adam like, that lives in Salt Lake City, and he's shaped like a pear. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That was, that was perfect. Oh, man. There was, so, not, yeah. a, there was not an ounce of fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the fact. You take I, one I word know. I get there. the Tarantino Award right now because there's no wasted dialogue right there. No wasted dialogue, bro. Sorry. So, of did course... You see, oh, did you see Connor, what Connor said after the fight? Yeah, he actually it's gave hilarious. him props and he was like, through all the other pussies. And then he was like, I'm the shit! After that, like, like after his whole like, no, yeah, like after after SMC Punk got beat up, SMC like uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna call him SLC Punk. That's his name. After, after Salt Lake City Punk got beat up, <laughs> um, like I saw like it was like some TMZ people were recording Connor get out of yeah. a uh, SUV with a bunch of bodyguards. Like, hey Connor, what do you think about what happened to uh, seeing Punk? And he goes. Oh, wait, do the accent. Don't even fucking <laughs> dare you do an Adam accent. Right you're doing none. You're doing none. You're doing none. 
He got his ass kicked. He got his ass kicked. He said, oh, my God, for Lord. Oh, but I got to give it to him. Like, he, he went in there and he fought. Not a lot of people will get in there and fight. And he did. But good Lord, he got his ass kicked. I, I told him WWE guys were pussies. <laughs> WWE guys are pussies. Uh, so yeah, CM Punk got absolutely um, a uh, mauled. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, he went annihilated, and he was like trying to like <laughs> annihilate. I figure just like his like um, like the, the moment and everything, like everything kind of got to him because the worst the thing you don't do is rush out to them like like he like ran out like he was he gonna got straight fucking like, like Joseph Smith dude he got like fucking he was gonna close him people. or something like we're in fucking WWE store or something mm-hmm. and as soon as he rushed to him, Mickey Gal just said nope. Boop, double leg takedown, and they were on the ground for two minutes, and it was just Mickey Gal going to a jujitsu clinic, essentially, and just murdered CM Punk, gave him cow- cauliflower ear. The dude got fucking wrecked, and he wound up tapping to a rear naked choke. Now, I will say, he was trying, so there is that. Like, he didn't, like, as soon as he was on the ground, start tapping, or, like, once he got hit once or twice, start tapping, which is what James Tony did. Once James Tony was on the ground with Randy Couture, and Randy hit him a couple times, he was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. Like, he wasn't in a submitted position or anything like that. He got hit too much. He's like, no, I'm done. I'm done. Like, I can't do this ground game shit. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, CM James, Punk. James Tony really thought he was going to go in there and knock Randy Couture yep. out in, like, five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Which he he's done, but not against someone like Randy fucking Couture. Exactly, yeah. And it's <laughs> like, dude, you're the in God your 40s. You haven't been relevant in boxing in years, let alone, like, dude, the dude started his boxing career at 160. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that. Now he's Holy fighting shit. fucking Randy Couture yeah. like in his late 40s. Dude, you're working. <laughs> at, uh, bro. Like 220. <laughs> After you got like... Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah, that fight happened. Um, everyone keeps asking, is CM Punk going to come back? I don't think he's going to come back in the UFC. I do think he's going to fight again. Like his um, post... His post-interview or whatever, post-fight interview, he was really respectable. He's like, I got my ass kicked. I'm sorry, but hey, I wanted to do this. I came in here. I did it, and I'm not done. Like, I, I have more to prove, and I'm going to try it. And I don't like, regret you know what? it. Like, I did a thing. You can keep trying, man, and I'm. It's, it, it will like give me a Bellator little bit fight more or respect right? for you. Yeah, like, and if eventually you might fucking win, but you, <clears> you kind of fucked up because you're trying to pick MMA at 37 years old. Like that's just that and it, it is what it the is. The UFC, this yeah. the top <laughs> yeah, fight, the top, like no amateur fights, no like getting a couple warm ups, nothing. You got thrown to the wolves and you got handled by the fucking wolves. <laughs> so yeah, then they're like, hey, but at least he experienced it, and yeah. I like, yeah, if I was him, I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go go down a few levels. But the problem is. He can't fight amateur now because he's considered a pro. And if he goes down to amateur and people are beating uh, him, then it's like, oh, well, pro doesn't mean like it, it, they, the UFC really screwed the pooch on this. But from a business aspect, I can see why they got more paper. They fucking buys. cashed it on him though. <laughs> like, exactly I, I because he was a wrestler. The, and look all a quick that. buck yeah, off this fucking, fucking guy. Smart. And then they did it in Cleveland, and they had the heavyweight championship of the world there between uh, Stipe Miocic and Alistair Overeem. And this was the weirdest fight I have ever seen because Alistair Overeem was lit, like how we thought Connor was running. No, Connor was just like using distance and he, yeah, he turned his back. He would to do him, a, he, like Connor would do a quick jog and then get back in a fighting position. This dude was literally running, like back turned to Stipe, running around. I the saw cage. like <laughs> someone had a picture of Overeem running, like seriously sprinting yeah. away, and they're all when you when you finally got brave enough to punch your brother, older brother in the face, but it was. Enough to lay him out. <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, <laughs> somebody uh, said, uh, somebody on the, I think it was, somebody said it to Gustav. Oh, Joel, yeah, Joel, yeah. Joel, yeah. Joel sent it yeah. because he's Adam. Adam. Yeah. He's like, hey, Adam, this is you. Yeah, <laughs> so oh, it was fucking funny. And so For those who don't doing, know, our friend, like our, on our group chat, we have our friend Adam and his older brother Dave on the same group chat. And that's what that, that's why the joke is. It's hilarious. <laughs> but anyways, um, it was crazy fight because after Alistair's doing all this running and they're squaring up, he actually catches Stipe with like a, I think it was a cross, just boom, right into his nose. And Stipe is boom, right onto his butt. And everybody, the whole crowd, because we're in Cleveland and Stipe's from Cleveland, oh shit, everyone's going crazy. And instead of Alistair trying to like get on top of him and do like a ground and pound type of deal, Stipe was in this position where like his hands were down, his butt was down, but his neck was wide open. So Alistair went in for the guillotine and he just, he didn't have enough. He wasn't in the right position. And so Stipe wounds up getting out of the guillotine. They stand back up. And then Stipe puts him on his ass and then goes to town. Like some of the most precise ground and pound I have ever seen. Like he was waiting. Like Alistair's sitting there covering up. And Stipe is in his guard. And he's waiting for the right time. And then just boom. And it went right through uh, Alistair's like block. Boom. Right to his face. You can see his arm starting to go down. Boom, right on the same fucking spot. Boom, and he was out. And then he had one more free shot, and it was over. First round knockout for the Cleveland native in Cleveland. That's now, awesome. Dude, everybody there, fucking the announcers, <laughs> everyone said that that crowd was better than Conor McGregor's crowd at UFC 194 That's for awesome. the Nate Yeah, because Cleveland fight. has never had Seriously. to root for anything in <laughs> <at> once. <laughs> so fucking serious. Like, oh, man. We got a, we got a thing? <laughs> So finally, the one thing I want to say for the total recap is finally we have a fucking champ that can fucking defend his belt. Like, there has not been anybody <laughs> defending their fucking belt for so fucking long. It's getting ridiculous. Besides who? The number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world, Demetrius Johnson. But he fights at 125. Demetrius Johnson has cleaned out his entire weight division so much that he has to go up to 135 and fight all those people because there's no one else for him to fight at 125. But... What he Sounds wants to do familiar. is he's at about, like, nine title defenses right now. He wants to break the record for title defenses. So he said he's going to stay at 125 for, like, three more fights, break the record of 11, so he'll get, like, 12 defenses. And then he'll go up, and he's going to do all these super fights at 135. 11 is the record for any weight class. Yeah, right? 11's the record <laughs> held by Anderson Silva at 185. It would be. The guy was brilliant. So that's UFC talk. Uh, let's go over to boxing. All right. Uh, I like that. There's a little parallel we got going here. Just like uh, Demetrius Johnson, you say he's pound for pound the best fighter in oh. UFC, right? Best MMA fighter oh, in the yeah. world. It's pound either him or John Jones, but John and he's Jones also, like, fuck John. He's such dude, a piece of shit. he's such a cokehead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, can't, he can't even fight. Yes. He's he getting in trouble. <laughs> stop, dude. Stop right. getting in the car. Right? Like fucking playing See? Pokemon Go on Cocaine. coke. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Smell some Go-Go in But anyways... He's in, a, he's in the small, small weight classes, and he, he has to move up to get challenges. Just like boxing's number one pound for pound right now. Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. <laughs> oh, Roman Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roman Gonzalez, of course, uh, started his career at 2008 at 105 pounds. 105 pounds, minimum weight. 5'3"? <laughs> five three. Five, he's three, smaller one, than five. Stevie. God damn, that's so small. He's a small guy. Nobody's smaller than Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean height? How much do you? How much do you weigh? <laughs> None of your business. I told you before. <laughs> you like no, I weigh one. I weigh like one thirty five. It's a lightweight. Soaking wet. <laughs> With a couple bricks on me. With a couple bricks. I'm like 135. So like, yeah. Probably 140. The thing is, like, 
<laughs> no one. But no okay, movie. so 90s movies. <laughs> Roman Gonzalez ended up. Like, of course, Roman Gonzalez was the man at 105. Moved up, became the man at 108. Moved up again, became the man at 112, and like just cleaned out the division. And then now on Saturday he moved up to his fourth weight class. I'm a cleaner. Did <laughs> <laughs> you shot to the Leon accent? A little bit of Leon. No, <laughs> it wasn't close. But yeah, whatever. You can try though. I'm I mean, it's a good know. try. He's a cleaner. You said he cleaned up shit, Adi. <laughs> Roman Gonzalez came into the fight 45 and 0 with 38 <sighs> knockouts, belts in three different weight classes. Something that his hero Alexis Arguello. One of the greatest fighters of all time, and the best fighter to come out of Nicaragua, his country, and he was his mentor. He knew him; they were really close. Um, they both won weight classes, uh, titles in three weight classes, and this was his chance to kind of, oh, well, I got four now. Mm-hmm. And he was doing it against not someone. He wasn't pulling a douchebag move and fighting some easy fucking fight. Talking to you, Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> <laughs> like. He wasn't like, oh, I'm going to pick some guy who's like not even ranked in the top 10 who just so happens to have a belt or fight for some vacant belt or some bullshit like that. He's like, no, I'm going to take on the what is the second best fighter in the division. Yeah. Um, Carlos Cuadras, who was 35 and 0 and one draw, 26 knockouts. The guy is no fucking joke. World class, elite fighter. And Gonzalez is like, I'll fight him. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep moving up and I fight. They're combined eighty and O going into going into Saturday. That's fucking phenomenal. So cool. But they go in such an amazing fight. They went at it. It went the distance with twelve rounds and it was twelve rounds of and what was funny was that Gonzalez has like this uh Did you just watch this yesterday or Yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. He has like this habit of Starting kind of slow, but then he gets going and he builds up momentum and he like starts throwing eighty punches a fucking round, overwhelms guys and just stops them, and just like dominates the last few rounds. It was the opposite. Yeah, it was like it was crazy. Like he started off strong, super strong, and uh, Quadras was confident. He wasn't scared. He was like, "No, I deserve to be here. I'm at this level too." But he was just getting overwhelmed by Chocolatito. But Chocolatito. <laughs> by the mid rounds of the fight. Quadras had felt Gonzalez's power, and he felt, I can take this. He can't hurt me. I think I can hurt him. And he fucking dug his toes in and started firing back hard shots, and they just brawled at it. Quadras came back hard that second half of the fight. Yeah. They were trading back rounds. It was the hardest fight of Gonzalez's career. Oh, yeah, hands down. And, it, but the thing was, like, the difference between the two for me watching as, like, not, like, a purist like you, I'm just a boxing fan over here, was... Cork, well, how do you say his name again? Quadras. Quadra, Quadra, say it Just say Carlos. His okay. name is Carlos. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Carlos, uh-huh. Carlos would like do like. Carlos. <laughs> 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 you gotta roll your eyes, bro. <laughs> Carlos would do like furious, and then he would need to like pace himself out, get his breath back. Whereas Chocolatito was constant pressure and always moving, very consistent, always coming from a different angle. Like it was just constant. Whereas Carlos would. Boom! And he would catch him with a couple, even in all these furies. He would get a nice fucking hook to the liver, sometimes a fucking nice hook to the jaw, sometimes even a nice straight. But the furies just weren't enough to put Chocotito away. That's what, and um, of course, what the reason why uh, Gonzalez is so well respected is that he doesn't just come forward and throw shots. What he does is he does a lot of subtle movement that makes it really hard to predict what he's going to do. Uh, it's a little half step to the left, yeah. half step to the right. He so knows beautiful. how to step 
like take just enough of a step backwards to take some of the sting out of your shot. And he's so adept at rolling his shoulders. Yeah. He's so good at just barely rolling his shoulders and turning with a shot that it doesn't even look like he it looked like he barely moved. You can barely pick up on his movement, but it's taking the sting out of his opponent's punches. And it's like he's not even getting hit. And he knows how to move just enough like to completely slip your shot and he's still in position to punch with yeah. serious power. He's never off balance. He knows how to cut off the ring extremely well. And he does have a really good jab, which is kind of, you know, it's getting a little underrated because his power shots are so eye-catching. Right. And he just, his combinations are brilliant. His body punching is brilliant. Uh, he did get some criticism, though. A lot of people are criticizing him. It's like, oh, look, he's like, oh, he was this huge power puncher, but now, like, he can't even hurt these guys now. I mean, he's gone to the distance twice in a row. It's like, twice in a row against... Elite-level Elite level Not opponents. Not that bad. Not that bad. Going back to what you said earlier, he's not ducking people like Mayweather and fucking Pacquiao. They're, they're not, he's not picking his opponents. He's actually looking for the hardest opponents because he's going up all these weight classes. And he knows if he goes up to this weight class, why would you fight someone that's medium? you got to go to the top. Like, what? why else are you fucking going? He's going after that legacy. Yeah. And he's getting those big he's bucks. He's fucking close. He's creating a lot of interest in these the, the very smallest of the weight classes. But, I mean, let's remember, he started at 105. So, yeah. I mean... Of course, Small. he's not going to have the same power at 115 that he did at 105. Like, it's, it's obvious. For, like, I know a lot of people are saying, like, that's, it's only 10 pounds. It's not that only much 10 of a difference. pounds? But <laughs> when, you, when you look at it as a percentage of his total body weight, it's a huge fucking yeah. percentage. Like, it is. And like every every pound fucking counts, especially when you're that fucking small. So it is. It's it's four fucking weight classes. He these guys are a lot bigger. You look at them in the ring, and Quadros was a lot bigger. You can see it. His frame was like so much bigger than Gonzalez. Look, like he was fighting his little brother, but Gonzalez was putting it on him. And it's because of that skill level. Um, and even though it's a combination of things, uh, a lot. Some people said, oh, maybe Gonzalez is peaking now. Maybe this we've seen the best of Gonzalez, and now he's starting to go a little bit, slowing down a little bit. But the thing is, it's like he—this he, is his first time at that weight class. He fought—this is his first time fighting at 115. He fought one of the very, very best. The guy's 35 and fucking oh, dude. He's elite-level talent. And in any of those other fights, you can tell, like, through the, he passes the eye test. And he was able to beat this guy up, and he still won. And he could take the shots of this guy who was landing heavy, heavy blows. Dude, heavy blows. He landed blows. some clean shots on Gonzalez, and Gonzalez walked right through him. He was never hurt in the fight. Uh, what we saw like during the fight over and over again was that Quadros was using his size. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Gonzalez, whenever like when Gonzalez would try to push him back, it wouldn't work, and Quadros was able to push uh, Gonzalez backwards and like just kind of lean on him, which drains you even more power. And then when you got this big this guy who's so much better than you, like leaning on you and punching you, it'll sap your strength. And like you said, this is his first, like he wasn't used to it. I think now that he has this fight under his belt, he knows what it's like to fight yeah. at 115. He knows what it's like and to he fight also knows at this level at 115. And to go 12 rounds. And I mean, I think, not eight, yeah. not six, where he finished them 12 hard rounds. And you got to remember, before this, he was 45-0 and 0 with 38 knockouts. <laughs> 38 <laughs> knockouts for seven decisions. Yeah, that's crazy. That, he's used to just destroying. Like, I talked I talked to Chris uh, off like when uh, before. I was like, dude, I, I remember watching highlights of him a few years ago, and he was just like one shot knocking out almost everyone he fought. Like, he's still getting used to the fact that he doesn't have that same fucking fight-ending power. Like it's, yeah. The power's still there. It's just he not still has punching power, but it's yeah. not this otherworldly yeah. type thing. World and um, the greatest fighters are able to adjust when they move up in weight or as they get older. They're able to adjust their limitations and then find a new style of fighting. And I think... 
Gonzalez is talented enough and he is smart enough and humble enough to be like, I need to find, I can't just, like, I got to do something more. I was still able to win this fight, but I should definitely look at other avenues and take advantage of my other skills, my, more my boxing ability and less of my power and aggression. But people who are criticizing him can suck a dick. Dude, I was... <laughs> The whole during the whole fight, each fucking round, he would do that little half step to the left or half step to the right, and every time so he would do angles. it, I would jizz in my pants because it's just <laughs> so. He can, it's, hey! it's so. He kept. Like, I kept came saying, five times in the whole fight, dude. It was so. It's just just watching somebody that that is that good with footwork and boxing really is something to be you, you dumb to behold. You, you, yeah, yeah. Just, you have you have an appreciation, a yeah. complete fucking appreciation. Because like, like, it's Gonzalez, all technique. Gonzalez was, yeah, exactly. Gonzalez would be backing his man up, like he's moving forward he's moving forward he's he's never his head is never frozen he has a lot of head movement and he's like so he's slipping and so like quadris is trying to time him like where's his head gonna be and as soon as he swings for the shot gonzalez moves just that extra fucking half an inch to avoid the shot then he boom starts pounding on his body and as soon as he got would get quadros or any of his opponents against the ropes he doesn't just stand there and start swinging. He steps to the, no, he steps steps, to the side yeah. and hits it's you from like a different like angle so you don't know angles. where the punches are coming from as soon as you start swinging he ducks he slips goes to the other side and starts hitting you from there. So he's constantly changing his angles so you, it's hard for you to counter him because you don't know where the fuck he is. Yeah, he's, where is he? He's, he's, he's a fucking ghost. This little motherfucker. So you're saying he's more Batman. <laughs> <laughs> where did he go? I think at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm zipping you. Like the final Wait, so fight. what you're saying is he's good at dancing so... You're, but what you're trying to get is Usher Raymond should not have been in the movie. <laughs> How Hands funny was that? Event? A little tiny. Uh, like, because Edgar Ramirez is like six foot tall. That's <laughs> <laughs> five three. <laughs> oh, goddamn. Oh, that would be hilarious. I would pay to see it. I think in a, in a fight, the actual fight, Gonzalez would beat the shit out of Edgar Ramirez. I thought you were going to say out of Usher Raymond. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, yeah, too. yeah. Because <laughs> Edgar Ramirez would beat the fuck out of Usher. <laughs> <laughs> Bieber could beat up Usher, okay? <laughs> Maybe. Apparently, Bieber can box. Still, he can't. I, I doubt it. I doubt it, but whatever. But, okay, so that was Gonzalez. Uh, and what's really exciting is somebody was somebody was ringside. Oh, that yeah. That certain somebody was the number one in the division, junior bantamweight. Inoue, I can't pronounce his first well, name. but his I last can barely pronounce his first name. His last name is Inoue. Yeah. He's, he's a Japanese fighter. And he is the class of the division. He is the number one. And this has set up a fight between the two for the undisputed Junior Bantamweight Championship. That fight has got to fucking happen. It'd be amazing. It's going to happen. I think that's going to be his next fucking fight. Because neither, neither of those guys are going to be like, no, I don't want to. I think you have this perfect little triangle of shit going down right there between the three. Also, of another guy, Juan Francisco Estrada, the only other guy to give uh, Gonzalez a tough fight. People have been talking about that rematch for years. Mm. But now th- but now uh, Quadras comes on and gives an even tougher fight. So now it's like, I remember, uh, like, you can have, like, Estrada and Quadras fight each other. That's what I was saying. Winner gets the winner of fucking yeah. who? Fucking money. And what's interesting is on Friday, the day before these HBO fights, a middleweight titleist, Danny Jacobs, who I talked about before, he was the fighter who was like, he won Prospect of the Year and he was, like, looking great. Then he got knocked out by a big shot. Like this, like like his, like he was training and he found out his grandma died and his head wasn't in the game. He got knocked out and then while he was recovering from the knockout, he was diagnosed with spinal cancer. Oh, you suck, bro. <laughs> but now, but then the cancer, like then, Back like the he, he basically Sorry. beat cancer, 
and he came back what? and started winning. I t- remember I talked about this on the show. And then he started winning fights, and oh, then he ended up. Oh, yeah, okay. And he, he got a title shot against Kid Chocolate, Peter Quillen, who was undefeated. Dude, unde- it's a wrestling name. <laughs> it's, an old, it's, an, no, it's an old boxing name. Really? Yeah, it's oh, an old man. Cuban fighter, and then Sounds this Cuban racist. fighter adopted it. <laughs> Welcome, but, Kid Chocolate. <laughs> um, <laughs> It did. It was. It was right. <laughs> but um, Peter Quillen was like, okay, he fought like he was. He had his belt for a while, and Gennady wanted to fight him, but he even wanted to do wait, that. Sidebar: I really want Kid Chocolate to come out and be like, I'm the dreamer of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I am the dreamer of dreams. <laughs> Peter Quillen fought against Danny. Danny Jacobs, knocked him out in the first round, became a middleweight titleist, and first then round. when Gennady Golovkin wasn't, what couldn't find an opponent. He tried to do it with Danny Jacobs, but it fell through for stupid reasons. Anyways, Danny Jacobs fought on Friday, and he fought against a guy named Sergio Mora, who really. Oh, I kind of heard. I've heard of Sergio Mora. He got a TKO, but it wasn't Sergio Mora. It's not that impressive of a win. Uh, Mora hasn't really done anything impressive in years. He won. Hey man, he's still out there boxing. So hey, there's that. But he's a super inactive, super inactive. Like he got like he won the second Caesar of that show, Contender. Oh, like, right. That's how I heard yeah. of him. Because I would watch that show because Jesse Brinkley, a Yankton native, yeah. was on the show. <laughs> Jesse Brinkley. <laughs> Yurington? Yeah, yeah. I remember he Jesse got, almost won, too. Well, he got because yeah. yeah. in 2009. Yeah, I know. He was my aunt's and my dad's best friend. So I, I like, knew him and shit. It's so, fucking like, weird. That's it was crazy. a thing in Yurington. Like, we would go to like the high school gym and they'd be playing it on the high school gym. And, like, <laughs> the whole town was fucking yeah. crazy. He's like, I love small towns. Hold on. Did you see his title fight in 2009? I didn't. Oh, man, it was bad. Who was it against? Uh, Lucien Boutet, uh-uh. who annihilated uh-huh. him. What's funny is, you know who? You know what else? Lucien Boutet actually got knocked out in the amateurs by Gennady Golovkin. Oh. Full circle! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Danny Jacobs. Hey, that means he lost to some prime competition. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. Noth- nothing wrong with getting beat by Lucien Boutet at that time. Nice, nice. But um, uh, anyways, Danny Jacobs, TKO, Sergio Mora, and immediately called out Gennady Golovkin. To his credit, this is before Gennady fought, even fought. This was like, he's like, I know Gennady's fighting tomorrow. I want him to fight me, blah, blah, blah. I want to take him. I could take him on, all this stuff, and like, you know, talking tough and all that. So this was Friday, and then? Friday, Friday night. Okay. And then Saturday. And he fights at 160. Yep, at 160. He he has a belt at 160. Oh, shit. So that (laughs) happened, and then we got the fight that uh, um, Gennady Golovkin versus Kel Brook. Which got a lot of like comparisons to Canelo Khan because it was a, oh, because of- a welterweight jumping up to fight a middleweight who had a belt. But there's obvious differences. Did, I have <laughs> did Khan and Brooks fight? Oh no, Brooke has been wanting that fight for years. Brooke had, Kel Brook, he's all because they're both from England. Kel Brook has been chasing that fight for a couple of years now. But Khan was always chasing something else, mostly a fight with Floyd Mayweather, mm. but which he never got. So and it like, should happen now. Yeah, it, it, it could have been. It, it's it probably still, it would still be huge can in be England. Huge. Yeah, and the in UK England, would be yeah. fucking enormous. Yeah. Uh, they should definitely fight. And Kel Brook all day. Kel Brook <laughs> yeah. all fucking day. Dude, after this performance, it I'm was a Kel Brook fan. Fight. All day. It was Tastic, a great fucking dude. fight, dude. Because you, you understand that he's coming up in weight and all that, so you know that he's the littler guy. And he didn't come in there like he was the littler guy. He's like, no, I'm going to hit you. He like, looked, I'm he looked like he was like, sculpted from dude, marble. he looks so good. I was like, <laughs> god damn, he's sexy. That's, why you, that's why you fucking this, jizzed every round. This you just said that. Uh, no, that was Chocolatito's fight. <laughs> he just jizzed again. <laughs> but the difference between, like, Khan and Canelo and this is because, like, Khan started at 135. 
He started mm. as a lightweight, got knocked out as a lightweight, moved to 140, got knocked out at 140, <laughs> then moved up to 147 and fought there a couple of times before jumping up to middleweight. Kell Brook started his, career, his whole career at welterweight, at 147. That's where he started, and he's never even been down. He's tough as shit, and he was like, he's just undefeated, dominating everyone that he ever fought. So it's like, it's a little different than fucking uh, Miracon versus Canelo. Like, you know that guy's a lot smaller than you, and he's super chinny. There was no reason to believe that Kell Brook had a weak chin, and he proved that he does not have a does weak fucking not chin. Not have a weak chin. He's a fucking <laughs> stud. <laughs> <laughs> you got Gennady Golovkin, who's the fucking boogeyman of boxing. Everyone's so afraid to fight. Every he's like asking everyone for a fight, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, duh, uh, I'm busy." <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I got this oh, no. movie, dude. Oh, no, I'll fight you. Okay, here's the contract. Oh, I lost my pen. I'm sorry. I gotta go. <laughs> fucking all these guys. We're just and then like finally uh Kel Brook like, all right, no fuck you, I'll fight you. And he fucking jumps up, looks fantastic, like physically, and they get in. And what was strange is that of course, if you listen to this, you've had to have seen the fight. I mean, why would you listen to this if you haven't seen the fight? Gennady Golovkin came out really aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like wild. Usually it like takes he didn't him use a the jab. Yeah. He didn't even it was no, like, he was coming out firing. <laughs> I feel like what it was was like he was mad Me? at him yeah, because, like, how dare up. you? You've never even fought at middleweight. Who do you think you are? <laughs> kind of thing. Like, he wanted to be like, oh, no. I get, Max, Max, listen. <clears throat> I knock him out fast. Fast. <laughs> this big drama show. Big, big, I stop big him. Show. 17 seconds. <laughs> I break him. He's welterweight. This is middleweight division. This is middleweight. This middleweight division. <laughs> you don't belong in middleweight division. <laughs> but he went out kind of wild, and Kell Brook like withstood the storm. The first round was Gennady round, but they traded some shots. Like Gennady, Gennady got Brook against the ropes and hit him with that hard left hook to the body, and followed up with that great left hook to the head, which rocked Brook. Bad. He was like, oh shit. But he, he maintained. <laughs> he did. Back. He held his comp and he was still firing back, which is impressive. And then, like, the just a few crazy. seconds later, he fucking runs Gennady right into a hard shot. And he hits him with a great left uppercut and, like, backs him up. And, like, you could see, like, Gennady, like, it, it fucked up his legs a little bit. And he's like, oh shit. And then, but he got mad again. And he was like, come, waved him Gennady in. Gennady always does this, like, he, like, nods, like, oh, good, good hit. Now I kill. <laughs> yes. Good shot. Uh, good shot. Uh, now you're dead. Ma, look. In Soviet that was, Russia, boxer <laughs> fights you. That was, I, I killed no, bear. No, bear hands. Very, <laughs> was, good shot. Good shot. Now you more. You you fight me now. Like, <laughs> you hit know me. this fight. You hit me. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> this this box. This box. And I respect box. And I show you. Show you, <laughs> and like he waved him in. I just want to see him in bed with a girl because she's like, "How big's your dick?" He's like, "I show you, <laughs> I show you." Uh, you know, this you is not be big game. Show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not game. This fuck. <laughs> I no, like. He's like, fuck. she's like, "Oh my god, you're too rough." He's like, "Yes, this is my style. This Mexican style. <laughs> this <is> Mexican style. <laughs> <laughs> this needs to be a porn. <laughs> Jump on it. <laughs> but he waves him in, and then he like he waves." Kelbrook in, and then he tries to do a little leaping, like a big leaping left hook at Kelbrook, but Brook just matches him with a little check hook, and it fucking hurts Gennady a little bit. He goes, oh shit, shouldn't have tried that. <laughs> <laughs> Kelbrook looked good in the first round, and then in the second round, he won it. 
Yeah, he, he definitely clearly, won that second he, round. He boxed very well. He didn't use as much movement as That's he That's what does. I wanted to say. I was like, man, I really thought Kelbrook would come out and be moving way more than he was. Like, he wasn't really – like, he was allowing – I don't know if he was allowing Gennady to push him in the corner and push him against the rope or if Gennady's just that good at pushing people against the ropes. But I just thought that he'd be way more elusive and be, like, no, getting out of Triple yeah, G's range. Like, what he fought, like, his best victory was against Sean Porter – who's an incredibly aggressive and physically strong fighter. And he just moved around the ring so beautifully and, like, played the matador so well. And we were all expecting to do that against Gennady. Um, my theory on it is that he wanted to earn Gennady's respect early. and He wanted to sit down on his shots and fucking lay into Gennady to be like, no, I'm not just some small guy. You are going to respect my power and then start moving more. I thought that was my theory anyway. Like, a Sergio Martinez... Like, had, like, at junior welterweight, he had, like, a 60% knockout percentage. But then when he moved up to middleweight, he started starching guys. And they asked him, like, how the hell is that even possible? He's like, oh, when I moved up to middleweight, I just sat down on my punches a lot harder. Before, it was all about speed, 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 speed. But when I fought these bigger guys, I just knew that I had to hurt him. So I would sit down on all my shots as hard as I could. Mm. And that's how I was able to knock him out. And I think that's what, like, Kel Brook was kind of thinking was I'm going to sit down on these shots, and it did get some success. Yeah, he did land some he really good Gennady shots on He made Gennady look mortal. He made yeah. him look like uh, just any fighter. He didn't look like this monster that he he's Has looked been. at for yeah. fucking previous 22 knockouts in a row. <laughs> and uh, Gennady definitely like didn't look like the one that we're used to seeing, and Kell Brook took advantage. And I gave him the second and the third rounds. Yeah, I could see how you gave him both those rounds. He looked great in those fucking rounds. And the crazy thing is, is his orbital got broken in the second oh, round. Oh, yeah, his orbital socket. And so he and couldn't his, really. Right he was having problems like, seeing, you know, and whatnot. But he was like, he was like patting <clears throat> his eye, looking at his corner, like during the fight, like, yeah, the fucking shit, yeah. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And then after the fight, he said, he said he was seeing like three or four of them in there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, aim for like, the one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I got two fists, one's for each. <laughs> but you, but you gotta give it to him. He moved up fucking thirteen pounds. He fought. One of, if not the best, pound for pound. I, I'm pretty sure Chuck Tito's pick like, for people. He's, at least he's the up top there. four. Yeah, top four top pound four. for pound fighters. And a um, world beater, and like he wasn't the, scared. He didn't run away or anything. In the game, like pound for pound, one of the hardest punchers. Like him and Sergey Kovalev, or like oh, Triple G or um, Triple G. Broke. Okay. Yeah, like like you moving up to not only you're fighting a bigger guy who's naturally bigger, stronger, more powerful, but guy who's more powerful than anyone else in the division. Yeah, like, yeah. his power is... And you could hear the shots. Like, especially in the uh, the fourth and fifth rounds when Gennady yeah, took control back brutal. from Kelbrook, the sound of the impact of... Because he went back to boxing. Mm-hmm. He started using the he jab started, more. And his straight was so on point, too. Like, his straight, every time... Bing! Would just fucking fuck that dude up every time. Like and his something straight that, was and, so uh, on point. Him and Gonzalez love to, like, they put the pressure on and then they lead with the, the straight right hand as kind of like, it's almost like a jab. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's supposed yeah. to be a cross, but they'll just boom and that just sets them up with their left hook to the body, yep. left hook to the head. They both got great fucking left hands. It's, and he just punished. It's so Brooke. beautiful and to Brooke, watch these two boxers. Brooke like. never welt. Yeah, that's like, true. His, yeah. He got his he barely even winced. Like. His eye his eye socket shattered <laughs> in the second round. And for the next two and a half rounds, he's still like, no, come on. Yeah. Come on. That's <laughs> all you got, bro. <laughs> like, like, he's come like, at me, bro. Oh, he's serious. Man. Like in the fifth round, he was like, no, no, come on. And and Gennady pushed him like in the opening seconds of the fifth round. He pinned Kell Brook on the ropes and on like a six-punch combination, just not hella fast, but just put them together no, precisely, were... timed him perfectly, body, head, body, head, 
and just like oh and everyone oh my god what he's killing him like, but then Carl Brook even got away from him but then he got put right back into a fucking corner right back on the Damn. ropes and he got fucking started getting murdered again and then the his trainer came in his, yeah like, like his waving like, the towel the ref and the ref's so into it because the ref can tell there's about to be a fucking knockout so his peripherals are shit so the trainer literally had to throw the fucking towel like in front of the dude's face the yeah. ref's face and I don't think you and should criticize I don't think you should criticize the ref no not because that's like because as soon as Kelbrook got into trouble, he did what a ref is supposed to do and start looking yeah. a lot closer for a reason to yeah, stop the fight. More attention. No, he was it's paying way vision. more attention. It's tunnel he's vision. Like, he's, he's like, like yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Tunnel vision. He was like, okay, as soon as this guy's hands go limp, yeah. I'm going to tackle Gennady to get him off yeah, of him. Yeah, because he was, he was ready, too. Like He was yeah. like a... Like a I want so yeah, to say like two good, feet away from that's him. That's great then. That's yeah. a great oh, yeah. job. That's a good fucking ref. That's, like, that's what a ref is supposed then, to do. Uh, Kel Brook's corner, like his trainer was like standing on the ring, got up, stood on the ring apron, was waving a towel like this. Like trying to get the referee's attention for like several seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Gennady <laughs> is hitting <laughs> Kel Brook and Kel Brook like drops his hands and goes, well, come on. Yeah. On. Like, crazy, like egging dude. Gennady on. Like, no, I'm not done yet. And like they and Kel Brook doesn't even notice his corner either. Because he's no, so all, he's yeah. focused on the monster that's hitting him in the face. Yeah. yeah. And then like ever and then finally, like, the uh the trainer's like fucking basically hanging off the ropes, trying yeah. to get attention, throws the towel, referee finally sees it, and then fucking like grabs Gennady and like stops the fight. And Kel Brook's like, wait, what? What'd you do? He was hell. hell he was bad. like, at first he was like, what the fuck? But then he was kind of like yeah, I understand why you did that. <laughs> <laughs> and some people are criticizing, like, oh, you stopped it too early. You stopped it too early. It's like, dude, no. nobody knows Kelbrook better than his corner. They know. They, they did the right great thing. Great fucking point. Great no, point. like, it was like, we watched it like three or four times, and it was a great fucking stoppage. Like, Absolutely. Like, the like, like his orbital. Like, I guarantee you they shattered. already knew that his eye socket was already fucked up. Like, they didn't, they might not have known it was broken, but they knew it was fucked up. And then when they see that he just keeps He kept complaining. He talks about it in the yeah. corner. They knew it was all right, like, all right, we're going to, you better do something big this round yeah. kind of thing. They probably said that, and then he just, he couldn't. Yeah, he just couldn't. But um, I definitely, like, I don't see any fault in the stoppages. Like, if the ref referee might have stopped it that early i could see a complaint you should have gave him more time but it was the fucking corner yeah and i, I have no fault with it at all um kel brook look he's a fucking stud i don't care what weight class he fights at next i just want to see kel brook again he deserves fan. a huge fucking payday yeah. fight amir khan and knock him out too like <laughs> <laughs> and of course gennady is um if he decides to fight if danny jacobs really wants to fight him that's a terrific terrific fight yeah so if everybody uh, knows at home that uh, South Park just came on, premiere, season premiere, season 20. You remember? You remember? I remember. <laughs> I remember. Do you remember? Remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. That's good. I remember. <laughs> I remember. Oh, yeah, I remember. Remember South Park last year? Good season. I remember. I remember. So for people that um, are big fans or have watching it forever, they change up the lineup of the show. They actually... Stop doing uh, split seasons, and now they're doing 10 episodes a season, and the entire season has an overall arc that they fucking finish in the show. So every episode follows each other. Every story has its own personal arc each episode, but they have the, the overall theme of the show they do throughout 10 episodes now. Which I love. Yeah, which is super cool. They like just the started doing two seasons, seasons ago. It's like starting to be like yeah, yeah, continuous it's one giant continuous story, and also everything kind of even gets brought up in the new seasons, which is fucking awesome. Like, it, it's... Now it's an actual, like, book, basically, instead of just random show, random seasons all the time. It's, yeah, they're not doing so much the standalone episodes thing, but an overarching storyline 
or everything's connected to everything. Anything that's set up in episode one or even on a season before this is brought back into play. Yeah, which is fucking really and cool. And worked off of. Which is different. I think it also gives them more... It's exciting for them because now they have more to write. Maybe if you like, pay attention to the real to the back, uh, in the in the background, you might see Abed helping somebody give pre- give birth to a baby. You know? <laughs> that's, that's deep. That's, that's so <laughs> deep. <laughs> and like season things like season two or season three of Community. If you watch the background, because Abed's not really featured that much in the main story, but if you keep watching the background on the far back, you can see Abed slowly become friends with some couple. The woman's pregnant, and then he helps them give birth. Throughout the entire show, you have to be like looking in the back. Yeah, you have to be looking in the back. That's fucking hell. Like a little. um, It pays off for those who pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's good. So yes, so the show started doing an overarching theme for the entire season, and this one they start off very fucking beautifully. It's basically talking about internet trolls, um, people sensitivity. Because last year they did a whole thing on. Basically, safe people space. being yeah, safe space, my safe space, and people being super sensitive online and just in general. PC, PC, yeah. So the whole That's thing is, and PC principle is still here. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I think what you guys did rusting out. I think that was really sweet. That <laughs> <laughs> was super sweet. So this episode starts off with, of course. You see a commercial for Colin Kaepernick, which the commercial showed them singing another national anthem. I like that they trolled everybody, thinking that that was going to be in the show, and they just changed it. Yeah, it wasn't in there at all. It wasn't even yeah. in the show. They probably decided to pull it and do something better. And that was way more Got genius what they up. did. Of- Before you go into this, like if you're not on top of your game with like pop culture and everything that's going on in the world right now, then you're going to miss half of the references that they're doing. Like it's so meta, it's retarded. Yeah, a lot of them. Like even the I feel like even the one light or one one light for yes and two lights for no, <laughs> that's totally a throw at Stranger Things, I believe, cuz that's the whole thing how like the kid Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, no, that's a good call. And you brought it up also. Yeah, I know, that's a good call. Yeah, and or it could have also been the uh, fucking the British are coming. One light by sea. <laughs> two light, you know? I like the stranger. I, that, I prefer the stranger. But things. I prefer the, I like I the stranger like things too because the it's light, more timely. They, they yeah. wouldn't have said they wouldn't have said light either. Like because that's like shine one light for yes, two right. light for no, whatever. Yeah, they definitely are like okay. So we weren't end season when Star Wars came out but they of course they love fucking Star Wars oh yeah Trey's obsessed he's the reason that Adney actually started building Legos again because he stopped for a long time yeah because like when I was a kid I was like I grew out of this and then uh, I remember watching that but Adney ate some fucking member berries and he's like (laughs) 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 need to build Legos okay wait do we want (laughs) to Do we want to explain the episode and then start going into yeah, it? Or we, do you want to yeah, like we go over going? Yeah, all right, all right. yeah we'll, we do that. You're fucking up. Because <laughs> <laughs> people are going to get lost because we're making all these references. We're just going off. Fuck. <laughs> um, this so the, is nonsense. <laughs> it kind of is. Oh, so contain this us, Stevie. Bring us back. Sucks. Bring us back. So the episode starts off. It opens up with two announcers at a volleyball game, and the whole town is at the volleyball mm-hmm. game for a girls' volleyball game. <laughs> yeah, and they made hey, a okay. joke last season about how nobody gives a shit about the girls' yeah. sport. That was a joke last season, and they're like, well, now it's all crowded, but why? Yeah, so they brought everybody into town. Now, the town's going nuts for this volleyball game, but it's like, now, what's on everyone's mind is, is Nicole going to sit out for the uh, national anthem? Nicole's the black girl. girl. (laughs) Nicole's the black girl they introduced, I think, three seasons ago, two seasons ago, when she came to the school. And 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 Cartman was Cartman Cartman was a Even though Kyle had a huge crush on her. Yeah. Cupid me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Cupid me. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking kills Cupid me. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so Nicole, they're like, oh, is the black girl gonna sit out? You know, wh- what are they gonna do? And, of course, 
three of the white girls sit. I'm like, oh, we did not expect this. And <laughs> I like that Randy's like, she better shit. I got $100 right now. Oh, bucks on this. And then she she's such an amazing character. They're like, three sit down. Oh, what's, what are they going to do? She's sitting down and everyone's like, oh, she sat. And Randy's Unexpected. like, yeah, 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> From out of frame, it was so odd. Yeah, they didn't even fucking show me. Just hear his voice. Yeah, get my sis. <laughs> yeah, get my sis. Randy has solely become one of the best best characters in South Park history, dude. Yeah, dude. He's, the, he's seriously like a fan favorite. Yeah, I would, sure. He might be my favorite. Yeah, Trey talks about how like basically he used to do impressions of his dad when he was doing Randy and then as he got older he just does himself to be <laughs> Randy and then because of that because he started to um, relate more to Randy than he did to a Stan he's like well we gotta feature Randy more in the hmm. stories then it, it makes more sense Okay, we're older now our audience is older let's hit on let's focus on Randy more. Yeah, so they, and like, it's worked Fucking it, amazing. It totally has because they the kids have even grown so much. They're so much older and mentally. And like the show is like if you just watch the first season, like my favorite season, it's nostalgia. It's member berries. Seven, it's the second season. Berries. Second season Stop is my favorite. Oh, member yeah. berries. They don't know what member uh, berries well, are. Well, I'm gonna explain that. But um just Dude, my, if they haven't watched yeah. the episode they're listening to South Park Doug. If you haven't watched it though, um go watch it. It's literally on Hulu for free, right? You yes, just have to watch is. commercials. Hulu oh, is Hulu's free, right? Hide it underscore is. my With underscore shadows at yahoo.com. <laughs> Password <laughs> messes me on only can be used. You one rate and review us on iTunes. You get my Hulu. Oh, you might not be able to watch. The I'll give you my Hulu sign in if you rate and review us on iTunes. I do that. Yeah. No, because I use the Hulu. <laughs> no, yeah, there's too many people that use your. That's not gonna work. Well, I, that's too many people. You can't. You can't I will have pay for you to rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, like we were saying, fucking. Randy screams out in the background. She sits down, and everyone's like, yeah, oh, my God. That's a count, and that's four sitting down. Man, what a game. And then once the game starts, the whole once town. Once the national anthem is over, yeah. and that whole protest thing has happened, all right, let's get the game going, the entire town leaves. That's all they gave a shit about. And they're about. super they excited. About the game, only about the controversy yeah, exactly. behind this fucking national anthem sit-in or whatever. And they're part. super excited about it. And then it even says... The girls are sitting down to protest people trolling them and, like, hurting them on the internet. <laughs> like, they're protesting basically. Which is hilarious. That's so fucking funny. Because they think that Nicole's going to protest because she's African-American and the whole Black Lives Matter movement and all that stuff. That's where they're going with it. But then they announce that the girls are protesting because they're being trolled on the internet. <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. Misdirect. <laughs> Misdirect. And, uh, Comedy. Then the girls all automatically show up and... PC principal's office, and he's like, I think it's totally cool that you guys set up for the, uh, <laughs> for, for the, uh, the no, total yeah. sweet. <laughs> fucking sweet. It's fucking sweet. <laughs> you set up for the fucking sweet. <laughs> uh, and then they're like, well, what are you going to do about Eric Cartman? He goes, well, I talked to Eric Cartman, and I promise you he is not Skank Hunt 45. <laughs> and 42. Then, like, yeah, that's <laughs> the name of the fucking person who's trolling everyone. Yeah, Skank, Skank Hunt. Hunt. <laughs> and like, Cartman, can you uh, come into the office? And Cartman arrives into the office with a fucking tokens life <laughs> Matters to shit on, which is so and it's fucking like, and good. his belly is sticking out from under yeah. <laughs> the entire episode. Hell, small shirt. Um, and he's like, I assure you, I am not. He's like, are you? He says the name wrong, and Cartman's like, it's Skankup Forty Five, and I promise you, I am not that guy. <laughs> like throughout the episode, he makes it like you just like, oh my god, he's such a fucking lying sack. Yeah, shit. you. He's misdirection. Yeah, misdirection. Because usually Cartman again, would be like, yeah, he and is, he does lie just like that, and he plays it all calm and cool. Like I don't know, check him out. <laughs> I love that. Then the next scene you get is Cartman inside the lunchroom or the the auditorium, and he's sitting there like. 
I don't know what's wrong with everybody. Like women are super funny. Like women <laughs> are so funny, and like people. I, Get I, over I, seen, I seen I seen people online saying new Ghostbusters wasn't good, and that's just wrong. That's just bullshit. Okay, women are funny. Get over it, guys. Okay, and he's like, Wendy, <laughs> Wendy, won't you come up here? But he's constantly as he's saying all this. He's constantly they're referencing Monotone. Amy Schumer. It's super mono. And they're referencing yeah, how goes, Amy goes. Schumer's always talking about like jokes Perfect. about her pussy or getting laid and having take vagina. That's, yeah, that's the thing that like when uh, when like when uh, Cartman brings it when he when he, when he tests her burger. Come up here, come on, <laughs> Wendy. Just come up here. Wendy's all pissed off, but she comes up, he hands her the mic, and he goes, "Okay, Wendy, say something funny. <laughs> Go on, Wendy. Show us all you're really funny." Come on, women are hilarious. Get over it. Show women right now that you're funny. Come on, say something about your come on, vagina. Come on, say, say, talk about how you have sex a lot. Talk about how funny you are. How say how big your vagina is. Say vagina a lot. Say like vagina. You gotta say it like this. You gotta say and like Wendy's vagina. just scowling at <laughs> And then fucking, then she just sits back down and then Cartman just walks up to the crowd and starts fucking putting the mic in everyone's face, baby. And that other girl. And like, come on, say something funny. And then one girl's like, you're a fat piece of shit. And Butters hell laughs. And he goes, that wasn't really funny. That was just kind of mean. He's <laughs> like, you know, it's funny. That wasn't, that actually wasn't funny at all. Weird. <laughs> anyway. And then, so that's the, that's the B story of the show. I mean, Who knows what the actual? Yeah, because it's like, kind of hard to tell because it's, it is kind of hard to tell. Like it's both both the stories kind of like parallel. Maybe it, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but like it definitely there's see, there's several threads going on, and one that's really good is like the national anthem thing, saying like we need to review America's so divided because of an election, and immediately. The first thing to say about the election is that it's between a turd sandwich and a giant douche. Super throwback. Which is a reference to like season fucking six or seven. Yeah, it's, it's like, no, I think it's like season 10 or something like that. But Whatever. it's still, it's still like, this, years this is 10 years, 10 years old, basically. They're when talking they about. when they did the flag, right? No, 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 no. no, no. no. This uh, episode is when, basically, it's between, it's, it's vote or die. Vote or die, motherfucker, oh. motherfucker, vote or yeah, die. Yeah, it was back, it was back when, yeah. uh, it was the first time that I talked about voting and how, like, like oh, we had to vote for a new school mascot besides the cow, because PETA, they're making fun of PETA yeah. at the same time. They're all, PETA says it's, it's wrong to have a cow as your mascot. So, hey, kids, I want you to select what you think would be a good idea to what would be our new school mascot. And then um, Cartman goes, you know it'd be really funny if we just put, like, turd sandwich in there. <laughs> And like, I, it, like we wrote in turd sandwich, have everyone do it. Then they'll have to do a turd sandwich. And Kyle's like, "What about a giant douche or whatever?" And then like, no, Kyle, Kyle, it's not Kyle's idea first. Yeah, but yeah. Basically, Kyle and Carmen get into this huge argument of whether or not which one's funnier, giant yeah, douche giant or turd douche sandwich. Or turd. And Stan's all, "This is stupid. I'm not gonna agree with either of you." He's like, <laughs> "How dare? How can you say voting is stupid? You gotta vote. Voting's important as long as you vote for my side." <laughs> That's like their whole bit. And then like, of course, he goes a huge thing, and that maybe actually becomes the mascot. Actually becomes a fight, and the whole town is fighting over a giant douche or turd sandwich. And the moral of the story is. Well, Stan, you got to realize that every single election is always going to be between a turd sandwich or a giant douche. I mean, those are always the choices because those are the only kind of people who suck up enough to get that far in life. You may be <laughs> right. So I think good. it might have been 2004 because it wasn't an Obama election because they did no. Obama episodes. In 2008, they did Obama yeah. episode, and then 2016. So I believe that it was probably 2004 for the turd sandwich because that's that the would be, Bush. That it would make sense. Be, that was the Bush totally election the, with uh, – Season 8, season eight, something like that. Doesn't but matter. yeah, so they bring that <laughs> back, which is great, and it's of course giant douche. They keep talking about Trump. turd sandwich. They're like, all right, now we're gonna go live. We're gonna like they're gonna they're basically saying we're gonna go talk to turd sandwich, and boom, it's Hillary Clinton. Yeah, because she is such a turd sandwich, and obviously their stand-in for Donald Trump is Mr. Garrison, who decided to run for president last season. 
And he is, uh, and he now he has a spray tan on, just like Donald Trump. Yeah. Fuck. It was 2004, Perfect. by the way. 2004, yeah. So there you go. Nice. Hey, look at you. Um, run it. <laughs> uh, so then fucking use his running mate is fucking Caitlyn Jenner. I love what they, they did to They also set that up last Jenner. season. Yeah. Like, I love the tongue. I love the tongue sticking her, out. It's like gnarly. she's fucking. I like they were not like, yeah, you guys are only congratulating her. She's a public person. Who became transgender just recently? It's like she, th- she's still a bad person. Yeah, never was a good never. person. <laughs> still a piece of shit. Yeah. Just because you're doing this thing doesn't mean that you're. We're gonna forget that you are a piece of shit. Right. You're a horrible, fucking lame, boring person. <laughs> Season twenty is here, and it, they, it's still gold, dude. I thought this episode Season was really fucking great. What South Park did is what the Simpsons weren't able to do. And I know that's a stretch, but the Simpsons, like, when was the last episode of the Simpsons? They're still going strong, but I mean, I'm not really. It's not really a controversial date, show. Um, you know, Simpsons like, is kind of like. They keep in pushing like the, the limits. And early 90s. Yeah. But that's the thing is, like, they weren't able to. They, like, they didn't. They were on fucking Fox and everything, and they weren't able to hit as hard because they were under the heel a lot. That's true. They got to do, like, some really fucked up shit for the time, like, alcoholic father. Like, yeah. that's. Yeah. Like, an alcoholic abusive. father who was abusive. Yeah. Like, that's. Mm-hmm. That's your, that's who everyone's favorite character is is an alcoholic abusive father. <laughs> to able to make him lovable, that's true. It's beautiful. That's pretty Touché. good work. Pretty Touché, good work. Yeah. Um, yeah, and great writing. Simpsons is fucking fantastic, great of writing. course. But South Park, what they're able to do is they're able to create something like this. They can touch on anything. They can something can happen on a Tuesday, and they'll put it in the episode yeah. for and Wednesday. A lot of crazy. And, and not only not only since their schedule is since they make an episode the week of, and they could do things way more on time than any other show. No other show's able to do that. Yeah, they, Dude, that's. They, Extremely also, hard. They made Comedy Central what it is. So, like, Comedy Central kind of owes their success. They were fucking nothing. They had, like, oh, we'll have a 20 minute stand up special at fucking 10 o'clock at night. That's all they were. And they were hella failing. And then they decided to greenlit fucking South Park. And then they became huge. And then and you got your adult swimmers all over got, the world yeah. started watching. Like, the first season of a show who they were nobody, Jay Leno and George Clooney asked to be on it. Yeah. Can you fucking believe that? Like that's and then third season, Jennifer Anderson and Brad Pitt called them yep. and asked them, "Can we be a part of the show?" Dude, that's insane for it to take off that much instantly. I mean, they went from n- nobodies to making three hundred fucking. They, I think they gross like or they're worth three hundred million each. Yeah. Even more now, probably yeah. because Book of Mormon is yeah. even fucking what's his name? Uh, like a lot of the, the big uh, fucking goddamn it, Broadway, Broadway, writers? yeah, the Broadway writers. Uh, you get fucking Elton John and fucking who wrote um West West Side Story? West Side Story. What's his name? I can't, I know his name. It's on the tip of my fucking tongue. I just can't fucking remember what it Steven. is. Steven. Steven Sondheim. Bam. There you go. Steven but, Sondheim. Um, we're gonna have plenty of these little tidbits for all the listeners because Stevie's full of South Park knowledge. So we're gonna wind up going off the path. But let's get back uh, on so on track and let's get back I guess to so, the so episode. This is the first time yeah, I've so been so able I to talk know. about South Park. Yeah, I know. For a year, <laughs> I'm like super dick hard right now. Like it's I'm, okay. So I'm, just I'm, super, I'm dick hard. I like my dick is growing like my dick is so hard. That's what I just trying to say. My dick is so hard right now. I feel like it's getting longer and no, I'm 27 and it's like it's, really a, it's for the next week it's okay, no. <laughs> okay. Next, next week. tune in yeah. next week to learn about how our friend's dick got longer <laughs> because he doesn't wear underwear plow through plow through <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's so, 
Get it? Get it? <laughs> so that's the whole thing. So then you get that whole touch with the douche and a turd sandwich. And then another side story is Congress all getting together because they want to change the national anthem. They need to update it. Because, like, gotta, of, the, because of the election, the, like, the whole country is split so far down the middle. Everyone hates it. And then, of course, the national anthem thing is becoming a big problem. It's like, how can we bring everyone together? What if we rebooted the national anthem? We gotta get JJ Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even announce JJ Abrams. They're like, we gotta reboot the national anthem. We gotta make it like you know to where it's new, but like it's you it reminds you of everything you love. Yeah, it reminds you of like how good the national anthem is, but you just gotta update it a little bit. But like for everybody, and like we gotta get JJ Abrams. <laughs> I have a question, <laughs> Which just is for so people good. that don't know, um, why JJ Abrams? What's so special about JJ? Because he rebooted not only Star Trek but Star Wars, and everyone's like, well. Star Trek, he did something completely like it's That's pretty the different. Go for your rainbow, mm. <laughs> but Star Star Wars, like Star Trek, is a little bit different than than obviously original. But with Star Wars, Adney and I watching it, we were like automatically. Dude, that was a new hope, right? We yeah, both said yeah. it when we left the theaters. It was great. We loved it. I, I, really, I liked, I liked it, the movie. Yeah, I truly yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. But it was definitely a reboot of A New Hope. But like, if you even watch A New Hope again, it's so, it's corny a little bit. It you know what I mean? The dialogue, all that's corny. Well, but it's nostalgia. <laughs> no, I still can appreciate it, but no, I can also see that it's corny. Nostalgia. When I was thinking, okay, this is basically like, it hits like a lot of the same beats as A New Hope. I don't mean as like such like, oh, fucking stupid. Like I wasn't using it as a criticism. 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 More as like, oh, uh, like. <laughs> You're <laughs> <a> realist, Daddy. <laughs> I'm not using it as criticism. <laughs> to criticize him. But uh, it's all like, oh, like he fucking. It was a very difficult task to be like, okay, we've had three fucking Star Wars movies in a row that were fucking shitty. Terrible. And it fucking made everyone hate the fucking franchise. That was your job to create interest in the most popular movie franchise fucking ever. Yeah, and it will continue to be the pop- most popular movie franchise bring, in the world. You have to, ever, all those people who were burned by the prequels, you have to bring them back. All the hardcore fans, you have to get them back on board. Well, what did they love in the first place? You gotta bring that back and also, of course, bring something new for the younger audience. He, that was a fucking tightrope that he was walking in. I think he did a fucking great so job. So do I. I, agree. I love the movie i fucking truly did i cannot wait i'm even excited for the fucking side stories except not the han solo prequel i'm not excited for the han solo prequel prequels. rogue one we're though, not talking about star looks wars good. okay well, we're talking about jj abrams so yeah they get they go to jj abrams they fucking helicopter to his house and they're outside of his house <laughs> <laughs> they turn on the microphone oh jj <laughs> we want you to know if you could reboot the national anthem and they wake him up and they're like, we know you're tired. We need your member berries. <laughs> JJ, we need, the re- we need the member, JJ. And they're like, okay, if, he, if he's going to do it, it's going to be one light for yes and two lights for no. <laughs> so then that is in the beginning. And you don't necessarily get to see what he does with it until the very end. But throughout the show, you get Trump or fucking Garrison, who is playing Trump, saying, well, fuck. What's the plan? If we become president, like I'm leading in the polls now. How am I gonna, you know, how am I gonna do all these things it's that like, I so promised? It's like, yeah, so Mr. Garrison, What's the plan? you promised to, your plan for <laughs> literally everything is to fuck them to death. <laughs> so by our accounts, about three billion people are gonna have to fuck <laughs> to death. How do you plan on doing that? He's like, oh, I don't think I said to fuck them to death. Well, we gotta, we gotta go to the tape. Let's go to the tape. He's all, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's go to the tape. And he like leans over. And it's, and it's just a montage of him, like every single problem that there is in the country, he's like, oh, we're fucking to death. Oh, immigrants, well, fuck them all to death. People in prison right now, well, fuck them all to death. We're going to fuck them all to death. We're going to fuck them all to death. Like, that's going to make America great again. Or he says, where's my country gone? Which is so fucking funny. (laughs) Where my country gone? (laughs) And that's the whole throw to fucking uh, make America great again. And it is true because he's like, well, 
what like what's what are we gonna do when I become president? Like what the fuck? Yeah, is, what's our realized, plan? Like, yeah, he finally realized like they're winning in the polls. He's like, wait a minute. And he like in that when he's doing that interview, he's like, oh wow, I did say I was gonna fuck those people to death. There's no way I'm going to be able to do what I said I was going to do. Wow. Didn't really plan for this. Might have fucked I up. thought you were going to... Caitlin, what's your plan, Caitlin? And she goes, I thought you had a plan. Like, I don't have a fucking plan. I don't know what I'm going to do. You're going to handle all the work. I was just going to be president. It's like, oh, I thought you were going to do all the work. <laughs> and it's just oh, a bunch of Republicans. Fuck. We have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> and then the next shot is like, all the like a bunch of Republicans in a in a fucking room saying like how can he make this happen? Fuck everybody to death. You could swim in like a in like a pool in Florida and catch the Zika virus. Then you fuck everybody and they can eventually die from the Zika virus. <laughs> no, that'll take too long. Okay, well we'll nuke everybody and then you go and fuck all their dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and just fuck them after the fact. It'll work. So they're trying to figure out how to fuck everybody to death. And then member berries get brought up. What member berries are, it's nostalgia incarnate. That's what you said, right, Adney? Yeah. Basically, it's just everyone wants to remember shit. Like, people love nostalgia. Shit that reminds yeah, you. Yeah, Butter's dad uh, says to Randy, Have you, like, I know you're upset about this whole thing, but maybe, have you ever tried member berries? <laughs> well, they really take the edge off, and he shows them what they are. And it's basically, he pulls out what look like a bunch of grapes with faces, and they constantly say, hey, remember this? Remember, remember all Chewbacca? These, all these things that you remember? know from a childhood. Like, oh my God, he's like, oh, wow. Spa? <laughs> and it makes him feel so much better, like just like just listening to these bears and then eating them really slowly. And that's what it is. It's just nostalgia because it it's something could be really shitty, but because you grew up with it, you'll like it. Yeah, and it'll remind you of those happy times. That's nostalgia. Yeah. So that's and he's eating them, and then that's when he realized the memory bears are kind of fucked up because in the middle, everyone like you yeah, you remember all these things. It's exciting. Then. It's like, remember when there was less Mexicans? <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> remember when marriage was just between a man so and I, a woman? So I remember. I remember. I remember. <laughs> and then it says something else. And he goes, wait, wait, wait. What the fuck? He like spits him out. And He's that's like, the whole thing. What that's the like, fuck are these that's things Trump's, on? <laughs> that's sort of what Trump's running on. Is like, remember when we used to, like, we that's should what, be scared. That's, what, that's what the thing is. Like, a lot of people, like, so many, like, almost every Republican has run on the same thing of, America, we used to be this. It used to be so much better, and they're we need to take America back. That's they're always running on. We need to take America back. It's like from what? You take it back to where? Times were better back in the day. Like back in the day of segregation. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because <laughs> remember, back in the day, everything. The farther back you go, the worse it was. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Fuck you. Things are a lot better now. And like, like I don't know what fucking America this that you're thinking of. One where like every family was just white. Maybe that's what <laughs> I don't know what this, what's going on here. But fuck you. Um, yeah, America was way fucking worse. People <laughs> died from diseases. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was racism everywhere. Well, that's coming back because people don't like to vaccinate. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could go. All right, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's another side story of, like, the whole nostalgia thing. And uh, everyone's excited because they're eating these. They're on drugs. That's what it is. And uh, they're on the, the nostalgia drug. So then... Finally, it skips to that. That's another story. And then it shows up NFL game. Okay, everyone's at the NFL game for uh, obviously the fucking 49ers. Colin Kaepernick, you see him. And basically, uh, Trump decides, or Garrison, basically, how can I get, like, I don't have a plan now. How can I get Hillary to win the turd sandwich? And he was like, I got it. I could just, I could basically have people vote for her. I could do something that's so insane that people would want her as president instead of me. He goes, I can sit out the national anthem. Because everyone's freaking out right now. On about, national TV. Yeah, on national television, especially if he's the fucking candidate for the Republican Party, sits out the national anthem, people would fucking lose their minds. Because all the Republicans, this is America, you don't shit out for this flag. And so, 
He decides he's going to sit out for it. Then the National League, everyone rise for J.J. Abrams' new National Anthem. Or sit, or kneel. <laughs> and so that's what J.J. Abrams did. He, they're like, oh, he's a wizard. He's a wizard. So basically, you have the choice. Do you want to kneel? Do you want to sit? If you want to fucking take a knee, if you want to lay on the floor, it doesn't matter. You can support the national anthem by any movement of your body. You don't have to stand. And so this fucking fucks Garrison's plan because now <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. He can't and neither does anybody anything. Else. Nobody can protest now because of what they did, because of what JJ did. So he, he rebooted it. it. So, he fixed it. <laughs> so he fixed the problem. He rebooted it. And so that's a, that was a big thing in the episode. And then at the end of the episode, everyone's pissed off. Everyone's fucking mad. Um, the, all the protesters are mad because now they, they don't have a they can't protest anymore. Uh, Kyle is the Kyle's adamant about finding fucking uh, what's it called Skank Hunt forty two. Everyone assumes it's Cartman, and then at the end of the episode, uh, Gerald comes in to talk to Kyle. Is everything okay, son? He goes, Yeah, Gerald's I'm just thinking. Kyle's dad. Yeah, Joe Bobloski comes in, talks to Kyle, says, "Is everything okay, son?" And he goes, "I'm just thinking right now." Then Gerald leaves the room, and you start getting this fucking like eerie music in the background. And he walks into his office, locks the door, pours a glass of wine. As soon as you see the glass of wine, he sits at the computer. As we know from last season, Gerald was the fucking uh, person on Yelp. He was doing all the Yelp reviews. He was, the, he was already trolling people in general. And then now he becomes, because they took his power away, now he's the super troll. He's skank, he just types in Skankump42 and the episode ends. So you get Gerald as the fucking goddamn troll. And it's just so fucking hilarious. And so that's like the biggest controversy of the show is like they're gonna probably the show they're gonna try to find Skank Up Forty Two probably that's gonna be the the, the main the yeah the main theme, yeah, yeah the overall theme is them trying you think to find, the last 10 find the troll they gave us that exposition already I don't know about that um, it's I mean, definitely the, gonna the, be the, like the debate is gonna like the presidency thing is gonna be that's the biggest be thing the, oh okay that's, that's gonna be yeah because as the as the actual election goes on they're gonna feed off of it and all that stuff but that's what's fun is that they're gonna definitely try to like bring it like this is what an internet troll is it's a pathetic person who has no power in their real life the only place they can actually feel power is when they're trolling other people online <laughs> so overall i thought the, sh the episode was fucking great i loved it i love I where they're going so. with the season so far um i want to see a lot of shit has happened in this past year people have been gotten way more sensitive even from the last season till now yeah. even more sensitive now so i cannot wait to see what they do um, I'm very excited. I love this episode. I think Adam's a moron for not liking this episode. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just no my way. own personal opinion. But, like, you just said, personal I am biased. opinion that Adam's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's goddamn. Get to that later. Yeah, member pair and shit. <laughs> Foreshadow. Member pair. Foreshadow. Next week. Uh, Adam, whole, whole section. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a whole section just for you, sweet cakes. Uh, <laughs> dick. All right, now we'll pause. Long, spell long dick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right, so if you've been uh, uh, listening to the show for a few weeks, you know that we've been doing a little mini-series. Uh, we'd like to do movie talk as often as possible, but we start a little ongoing series, Films by Decade, in which we go decade by decade, and each of us pick one movie to get in-depth about, something we really feel passionate about this movie, for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be that we think it's the best or that we, you know that it, it should have been more appreciated. Just a movie that we really like and feel like it'd be fun to talk about. Uh, we started with the 2010s and worked our way back. And today is part seven, the 60s. It was all about free love, sticking your dick in random cunts. No AZ wools, no glove. 1960s were so much fun. Movie talk. <laughs> 
great. <laughs> uh, I want to start off because all I, the intros are unique and it's great. I don't think mine's gonna be that long. No, uh, it's equal to love, Annie. <laughs> all right, give us a hint real quick so we can guess. <clears throat> True grit. Psycho. <laughs> Steve McQueen. Ah, uh, no. fuck you. I know it. I know you do. That's why I said it. <laughs> all right, I'll give you one more, and this is gonna give it away. It even should give it away for you, but it won't because. You're not familiar with Steve McQueen, like I know Steve McQueen, but not like I knew of Steve McQueen, but I didn't get it. I don't it know him well I until I watched him. this movie, and I was like, "Oh, I get it now." That Steve. Easy Rider. No. Was that seventies? Yeah. No, we we talked about it before. Um, okay, I'll do uh, one more hint. Okay. It's being remade this year. Mm. Magnificent Seven. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he put so I'm foreshadowing like, right now like without Chris even realizing that I was foreshadowing because I know we're all gonna go watch that. Yeah, fucking Chris movie. Pratt is playing his character. <laughs> yeah, is playing Steve McQueen's character. Yeah, I'm excited. That movie's gonna be out. It's got fucking Chris Pratt was a and Denzel Washington. And Denzel. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that was a remake. And Chris how Pratt you, looks awesome in that how movie. How do you not want to watch that movie? It's got Denzel and Chris Pratt. No, I watched the trailer of it before I watched this movie, and I'm gonna say right now this movie is definitely better. But I feel that. Come on. Chris Pratt and Denzel's performances are going to win me over and I'm going to like the new remake more because of the actor's performances, not because it's a better overall movie. Let me guess. The 1960 version had all white actors. Yeah, I mean, they're racist, bro. Yeah. I mean, they're super racist. So it's in like, black and white. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not in black. It's, oh, well, it might whoa, have been some African-American. Because <laughs> I, I got a, I did the remastered version, so it was all Blu-ray. And that's actually was going to be a point that I wanted to I remember to seeing a version in black and white. Okay, well, I, that doesn't surprise me. Mine's probably, probably like whoa, some whoa, shitty whoa, whoa, wait, 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 only on TV Re- kind of thing. Wait, remastered version? That's remastered. a little racist. Mastered. <laughs> Triggered. Triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I have What's this, this movie about? I have this little review that I'm gonna do that's <laughs> not gonna spoil anything, and then we'll go and we'll rift and we'll have other things that I wanna talk about. But I just wanna do this little review real fast because whenever we talk about them, I usually don't talk about the movie, I talk about what I liked about the movie. But with this being a 1960s film, the majority, probably 95% of the audience, hasn't seen it, so they need a decent synopsis. So I'm gonna give them one. And I wrote it down. So don't interrupt me while I'm doing this because I know you guys yes, want to. Stevie. <laughs> God. Yeah, right. please shit, Stevie. Oh, your fucking movie talk. So it starts out with establishing shots of the Western country. Beautiful images remastered due to the beauty of film. That's going to be a point that I want to make after this little story. Over digital, you mean? Yeah. It was like film over digital? Like why film is better than digital? Yeah, that's going to be my argument okay. later. Yeah. Um, but okay. The village we land upon is mostly that of Native Americans, a pleasant village that seems to be thriving. A gang of robbers comes through and raids the village. It seems as though the head of the gang has been there before, and he knows the leader of the village. The gang is stealing everything while the leader of the gang is casually talking to the leader of this village, demanding things such as cigar, whiskey, whatever he wants, he is getting. He starts on a conversation about how religion is dead throughout all these other towns that he has gone through. And this causes a reaction from the other person. He's like, no, religion isn't dead. I love my God. And this causes a friction between them. And so he leaves on bad terms, essentially saying, I'm going to be back and you better have more shit for me. The villagers come together and they say they wish to fight. But the leader of the village refuses. So they go to the elder of the village, who's like at the top of the fucking hill. And he saw everything go down and all that. And he's like, y'all need guns. Y'all need to fucking fight. <laughs> That's a sweet elder. <laughs> and so they're like, Get how do we fight? <laughs> we don't know how to fight. We're like gatherers and gardeners We're and farmers. Whatnot. Like, yeah, we don't know how fight. to fucking fight. And he was like, here, 
here's this pocket watch. Go to the West. <laughs> Shove it up your ass. <laughs> because, well, because they need money and they don't have money because their goods are actual goods. They don't have fucking money. They don't have gold because they don't need that within their little village. So he gives them this gold pocket watch and essentially saying, here's some money. Go buy some guns with this pocket watch. And they're like, okay. And so they leave and there's three of them. But then the first village that they go to, they find our main protagonist, our main protagonist, which is Chris. And Chris is just, um, he's a badass. Chris Pratt. No, 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 What's his last name? Smith? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> he's a badass. He's the most badass. His <laughs> name's <laughs> Chris Smith. He's the most badass ever. It's Yule Brenner? Is that familiar to you? you uh-uh. would, yeah, it's not That's familiar. A, and I, uh, yeah. Watch me, Yule. <laughs> Watch me, Yule. <laughs> That's funny. Watch um, me, Brenner. <laughs> so the first village they rode through is when they meet their first of the Magnificent Seven, Chris. 40, bald, quick shooter, like, uh, wears his jeans, high and tight. His name is Chris and he's bald. That's why you picked this movie. <laughs> it's really ironic that that fucking happened, but this Chris yeah. was way more gangster ironic. than I was. <laughs> Joining him, his okay. girlfriend, Ree. Uh, <laughs> sidebar. They take the town. <laughs> I gave, I gave um, Ree a list of movies to pick because I wanted her to watch it with me, and I was like, here's a list of movies to pick. You pick the one that you want to watch, and this is the one that I'm going to talk, talk about on the cast. That's cool. She's the That's one awesome. that actually picked. Aw, the cute girlfriend, boyfriend. Oh, please. don't worry. With my We're going to bring her down a little later because I got something I need to say because she pissed me off it was our first fight that's later Uh-oh. anyways <clears throat> trouble in paradise <laughs> there's a trouble scene in, in the shower <laughs> <laughs> so this is our cause to action right here this is what causes these Native Americans slash Mexicans it it's it really had a hard time distinguishing if these guys were Mexican or Native American brown people yeah, but for That's, some it's reason, the 60s. It, it put them both. The Spaniards well, it fucking both fucked in the like, Indians so, put, or the Native Americans. So the kinda, movie puts them both <laughs> like they're both black, essentially, though. Like, well, yeah, like, because most of the Americas was dominated they by Mexico, and, all and like that everything stuff. that we like, everything that the Americans like learned about how to be a quote unquote cowboy, they learned from Mexicans. Yeah. Well, no, they learned from Span- the Spanish. The Spaniards. Spanish yeah. actually what? rodeo, rodeo, and everything came from yeah, Spain. All that. Mexico was all Native Americans, and then when the Spaniards Medical. came over with Christopher Columbus. Mexico was an they open. killed off. Oh, yeah, they Mexico. killed they off. He's reading the more broader term of it, but yeah, like Mexico's like from like from That's Mexico, cool. like from like Central America, not just from Northern America. New Lock, all this shit, and like a lot of white people stole. Yeah, because the yeah, Aztecs sure. were I mean, Native American, and then stealing. Spaniards came over and fucking with disease killed off the Aztecs. Yeah, well, they also brought us horses <laughs> and so. fucked a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, yeah Spanish they, brought yeah, horses, they brought, yeah. brought over rodeo, yeah. all that shit's from Spain. No, like we, we yeah, don't know yeah. what cowboy is. This would be like cowboy and they're racist. It's like you don't even know where you come from, bro. <laughs> you don't know what this this ideal of cowboy. You don't even know where that comes from. They think, that they, is, think of, they think of John Wayne and not yeah, like yeah. not the brown guy that John yeah, Wayne stole his outfit from. Being a cowboy is Hispanic. You fucking racist. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%, okay? I ain't racist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 I'm not racist. Alright. <clears throat> Don't you have to interrupt me. <laughs> so the call to action before Chris is part of the Magnificent Seven is this, look, there's a scene. So I as, call my dick the Magnificent oh Seven. <laughs> as these guys, these, these little uh, native, the three. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. You're such a piece of shit. really too bad you don't, you're not that long. <laughs> <laughs> Now give us in four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> That's thank you. The astonishing five. <laughs> 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 All right, so there. Um, 
There's like this scene that's being held. Like, so the three Native Americans slash Mexicans are walking into this village, and there's this whole little like town debacle going on. Well, what happened is, I guess someone killed an Indian, and they called him an engine because that was super racist back then. Yeah, these damn engines. And so the there were these two people from Wells Fargo. They're bankers. You could tell like they're from like the continental U.S. or whatever, and they're out here in the wild, wild west being bankers. Yeah, yeah. city slickers. Yeah, city slickers essentially. <laughs> and they're like, no, this man has to be buried. Like he has to be buried. And the sheriff of the town is like, I ain't burying him. I'll get shot. People are racist. Fuck you. And so Chris was like, fuck it. I'll take the carriage up to the burial grounds, and then you guys will fucking bury him. And the dude's like, okay, I'll help you bury him, but I ain't taking that fucking carriage because there's a bunch of fucking people that said they're going to shoot my ass. And he was like, all right, I'll fucking do it. So he gets on the carriage, and he's like, all right, I'm going to be a badass. Whips out a fucking cigar, starts smoking his fucking cigar, and then his right-hand man, which is Steve motherfucking McQueen, it's a cut scene, and he's like, hey, who's got a gun? And this guy's like, I got a gun. And he like flips him a coin. He's like, let me get that gun. Gives him the gun. And the Steve McQueen hops onto the carriage with Chris. So you got two, That's your two main baller ass. It's move. super baller. You're, yeah, he's like your partner now. Yeah, now he's like, like okay, I'm going to go with you to protect you. Because you have the balls to take him up to exactly. bury him. I'm gonna have the balls to go with you and help protect you. I don't even need my own gun. Because <laughs> yeah, guess what, Chris? My name is Steve McQueen. He played himself in this movie. I just <laughs> travel places knowing I can get a gun eventually. Because it's America. Everyone's got a gun. <laughs> he was Vin Tanner was his name in the fucking... That's such a badass name. Vin Tanner? Vin Tanner? Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's the most <laughs> badass. Probably because his dad was What's a tanner. tanner. Like he tanned Vin. hide. And like that's how he got the name Tanner. What's your name? Tanner. That might actually be so All right, you Vin, me that's that the reveal. <laughs> what? Anyways, go ahead. And so they, they're going up the road or whatever, and the whole town, the village, is essentially like following them, like like hiding behind like the, the way, houses Rock and Ridge. shit. Yeah, they're like going up this hill, and then you got five people come out, and they're like. You better turn that carriage around or you can get shot for being an engine lover. So he's going to get a shitload of dimes. Don't explain that joke. But like, <laughs> no. Okay, so um, the first one, they're like, they're like having a little standoff. And then they go to draw their guns. Well, Chris is a quick drawer and bam, bam, shoots one in the arm and shoots the other one's gun. Doesn't even shoot him, just shoots his gun. And he's like, are you sure you want to do this there, partner? And then the two of them like look at each other and they're like, okay, we're defeated. And so, boom, <laughs> that's the call to action right fucking there. So now you have your two guys and then the three little Mexican slash Native Americans, the ones that have the village that just got raided, they come up to him and they're like, hey, will you help us? And he's like, what's the pay? And they're like, well, we got this pocket watch. <laughs> that's it. And he's like, that's it? And they're like, yeah. And he was like, how many men? And then they're like, about 40 to like 60. And he's like, and you want me to do it with a pocket watch? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> you like, super You want me and my one friend <laughs> in the world to take on 40 to, big gap, by the way, 40 to 60 dudes? Yeah. For a pocket watch? <laughs> See? It was funny. Alright. How many men? Oh, it's between 40 and 60. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a fucking break. It's the Wild West. <laughs> so that's the premise. Um, that's what I'll leave you guys with. Um, throughout the rest of the like first 40, 50 minutes or so, he's recruiting people, all that good stuff. 
And then you get him going back to the village. They build like a fortress uh, type of thing. Spoiler alert! He recruits seven people. I mean, <laughs> is it really a spoiler? And they're all they're magnificent. It'll be five. And they're he's, all he, magnificent. Him, play him, him, him. Steve Whatever, dude. Two. You want to get technical, mathematical <laughs> on me? But this movie, you want to get mathematical, bro? That's fine. Yeah, this man. movie made me realize why Steve McQueen Fucking is pegged as Steve McQueen. Why he's like why known he's a as thing. the cool guy. Why he's a thing? Because before he was always just a thing, and I was never really be able to like put a face or character to the thing and after watching this movie I fucking get it he's charismatic as shit he's just cool he's the cool fucking guy you want to be Steve it's, it's screen presence yeah even Something though that even though Chris is the badass Chris is the leader and everything you want to be Steve for some reason it's really there, fucking strange every time there's like a movie where it's a group of fucking dudes just doing some shit there's always like the, there's the main character who plays the straight man, but there's always some secondary guy who's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that dude's so cool." Yeah, who's it's like, so it's like it's, and it's cool. also like foot in, foot out. Like he's like, it's not just like the straight laced one guy. This is how he is. He's always he's like, the guy in the gray area. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely the yeah. guy in the gray. That's why you like him so much. That's why we love gray. Doc Holliday. That's why we Stone. like yeah. Game of Thrones. It's because <laughs> it's all gray area. Well, that was also something that I really fucking loved about this movie. He's an alcoholic. Is that it it (laughs) gives you like your first couple. (laughs) A gambling problem. (laughs) You get your first couple of the Magnificent Seven, and it gives you a very vague description of a couple of them. And at first, I was feeling kind of butthurt because I was like, how are you going to give me like this character development with Chris? And then you gave me a lot of character with Steve. And then you gave me no character with these next two. And then you gave me some character with these other two, and like there's arcs and everything, and I was like, what's going on? Well, the thing is that they just use the entire movie to develop some of their characters. It's, and then it's the a other ones they get build up. It's a longer buildup. And so it's that awesome. was something that I had to adjust to because I'm used to all these newer movies and like boom, boom, boom. They're like so on the fucking nose with the formula and how they want to do it these days that it's getting predictable. So that was something. It was it was a really an enjoyment to watch because it was a break out of the normal well, you're watching, cinema experience. You're watching it's something more that earned. Yeah, it was more earned, exactly. Well, cinema is still trying to figure itself out at this time. I think that's like... This is before well, this is get, considered the golden age. I, of I know, but well, this here, is, no, I, I think what, what's going on is we already mastered storytelling. Yeah. Along, we knew how to tell a story. That's why scripts for, are mathematical for, equations for, for fucking thousands and thousands of years. But like what you're saying, Stevie, is now we've narrowed it down to when it comes to movies because mm. telling a story in a movie is such a more it's a race against time. Whereas telling a story in any other medium, you have plenty of time to get it across, and people were still getting used to translating it to the screen. Yeah. So you had longer things. You had longer pods and the build-up was longer for every little thing. You got the character, the, the like, so <clears throat> they'll be playing with each other or whatever, they'll be making jokes, but then you get that guy that's on the side that's like, HA! And just does that one, like, cadence <laughs> laugh, and then it cuts back to the scene, and it's a super serious scene, and then you have the guy, and cuts back to, HA! Like, it was like, I was like, oh, that's the birth of that cadence right there. Like, I bet you that really hadn't been used before until around this time. And so there was little stuff like that that I picked up through the movie. Background which is, noise, basically. Yeah, it was, yeah, like it was a really... Adding it was, to it. Yeah, it was a really cool, they were still trying like, to figure for me. Out, they were still trying to figure out how to put real life on the stage. Yeah, They were trying to yeah. figure out, like... Because it's fine, you can report... Oh, I got a movie. When you, when you're I, got, I got on, some older movies that do it, but whatever. When, when, well, when you're different... Like you've got, to, if you think about it, like when you're on camera, when you're in prison, like like I said, when I play my made up songs or whatever, I play them like by myself. I'm fine. Once we turn on these mics, 
you realize you're in front of an audience. Yeah. And I think people acting, once the camera's on, it's a way to, you get a oh, different yeah. experience. Even if you don't, even, if, you, even if it's like not cognizant, it's not like, oh my God, now I'm nervous. It's just for some reason, your body fumbles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially after you memorize it, you lines. You know you're being shit. watched. Yeah. Even if it's audio, you know, that saying for here, you know you're being watched and it kind of changed something in your head a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I agree completely. And so there's all, there was that. And then my biggest thing was that they shot this thing on fucking 70 millimeter film. And yeah. why am I so ecstatic about it? Yeah, because Chris, I mean, wh- why the fuck does that this matter? Is, let me why break it down thing? real fast because film is dying and that's a tragedy because here's what's going to happen. Yeah, but like with digital, dude, we could do like 3D and we could do like crazy like special effects. I don't know why you're so upset about this. Why? You could do 3D with film. It's just not cost effective. You could do it. It'd be hard, but it's possible. But yeah, but explain why 3D can suck it. <laughs> well, I'm not necessarily 3D, but the whole digital movement. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the digital movement. It allows people like us who don't have studios, who don't have a lot of money, but we we can still make a movie, essentially, with, with a really small budget. But the beauty of film is that film can be blown up times like 10, and you can just keep magnifying, keep magnifying it. And what I mean is so it's really hard to process. So it's 70-millimeter film can be multiplied by like 10. So that means it's like 70,000 millimeters or whatever. So what I'm saying is when these new movies are being made, right? They're in 4K. 4K is the new hype. Everyone knows about 4K, 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 4K. The thing is, once we get to our TVs being 8K, once we get to our TVs being 12K, these movies that are built in 4K won't be able to be blown up to you that to get brand new copies of every fucking movie. You're gonna have to make movie, brand new or fucking copies. Or it's gonna be blurry and stupid. Or it's gonna be oh, pixelated. Oh, fuck digital, yeah. dude. Digital could suck a dick. That's what's gonna happen. We're gonna run into that probably in the next 20 fucking years. Once these... Fuck the problem that. is, our film eyes... Film day. I'm gonna make a condom out of film. Our <laughs> eyes run out... Tarantino. He continues our to eyes film run no out what. at 8K. Our eyes do not see any more Can't color after... Yeah, we, That's it, the fourth dimension, bro. On, yeah. <laughs> 9K so, is the yeah. fourth dimension! I mean, I'm sure there'll be 9K and 10K because what they'll do is they'll probably put some glasses on you or it's something. It's like aliens back. Oh, you can always see 8K? That's cute. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> but that's why I love film because you can make film... 10K. You'll be able to make film fucking 20K because it's film. It's it's. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why it's allowed to be blown up that big. Why the resolution stays there. It's just the color, everything, the pixels, the amount of shit that's in there is so... It's like a, it's like the universe is in film and the digital space is the earth, you know? Like that's the comparison right there. So film is the better medium, but the problem is film costs more. So people aren't trying to do shit on film. It's not cost effective at all. That's why you have your Tarantino's still doing it on film because he enjoys the process of That's why it's like make it a big deal like when he did Hateful Eight. It's like it's still done on film. And eight millimeter yeah. film, right? That's yeah. No, like, his was seventy millimeter. Oh, my yeah, yeah. And so his, eight uh, millimeters only gonna be able to blown up is until it 80 like millimeter? eight millimeter. No. Seventy millimeters, the biggest oh, type yeah. of film that you can get, and then it goes down to sixty-five, and then it goes down to thirty-five, and then it goes down to sixteen, and then it goes down to eight. Oh, okay. So eight and sixteen. Oh, nice. So it just doubles each time. Yeah. So eight and sixteen can really only be blown up to like probably I want to say like two to three k. But then once you get to 35, 65, those can be blown up a lot. Now, I don't know exactly how much, but they can be. And so that's why 
all these films that you see made in the 50s and the 60s, the ones that are on colored film, can be remastered today is because they have the capability of going in there and digitizing the film. Once it's digitized, remastered actually meant. (laughs) And the score is fucking epic. Another thing about the score is back in the day, what they had to do is they had to shoot the entire fucking movie without a fucking score, and then they bring it to somebody who is in front of a fucking orchestra, and they literally play the movie, and the dude starts fucking making the soundtrack as he's watching the yep, fucking film. Exactly. That's yep. gangster. What that's, happens dude, now is so usually it's a composer and he'll sit there and he'll watch the movie and then he'll be making notes yep. and then like he'll go in and then he'll be making and then digitalize cool. yeah. and a lot of times he'll collaborate. The fucking, yeah. yeah. He'll collaborate yeah. a lot before For he sure. even makes the finished Yeah, no, I know. I imagine that's what would happen back in the day too. They'd be talking about even it. Even in the, the, the 70s again, like Spielberg and his guy, they would yeah. Talk about it during the film. Yeah, that's why you always yeah, Lucas, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and we we lost that with like if you see like these great movies, look at fucking Jurassic Park, friends. Like you know the score behind it. You know these movies that like. When it's, no, it, it's like whenever you get these, like back in the day. Now they use a lot of mainstream music and stuff like put that in movies, but score like Suicide like, Squads. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of its thing was just oh, it's just to spend thirty-eight billion dollars yeah. on songs. For people who don't but know, there wasn't really a score under that. You know, for yeah, people who don't know what score is, like look at. Star Wars. The music that you know from Star Wars, that's the score behind it. It's the music behind it. Indiana no Jones, lyrics. The Imperial it's, March, all yeah, that kind of yeah. shit. It's, that is what makes that movie. You represent, like, whenever you hear that being named or anything like that, the name being dropped of that movie, you get that music. That, mov- that music instantly pops in your head. You cannot really name a new movie that does that. The music was a part of it. Well, it was hateful, a complete hate, fucking uh, part no, of it. Right. Hayley did a great job with the, it with the background. I mean, it, it did a great job, but like you said, it was, it was nothing a part really of it, stands out because I can't. Like you can fucking do the Star Wars theme right now. Yeah, you can do the. Yeah, score. I feel like Jurassic Jurassic Park, the first Jurassic Park, was like the last movie. Yeah, where like it. where the music is. Forever connected. Like anytime you hear three seconds of that theme, and you know, you picture the entire movie in your head. It's all there again, and it's only like with like Star Wars and fucking like a bunch of bunch of Spielberg movies. (laughs) 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 But like, and then uh, but a score is hand in hand with the movie. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't. The movie doesn't stand on its own. The score in the fifties and the sixties, like all the the movie, all the fucking Marvel movies, all that stuff. Like you don't remember the score. You don't remember the score. Like there's like great sounds that. Uh, portray the feeling of the scene. It's good sound but, design. But you can't yes, remember the music. Yeah, you know, agreed. like yeah. and like the, like the DC movies are the same. It's not you can't really like you don't connect the characters with the song unless it's the Batman animated series because they had a fucking very uh, thematic score for that show. That's but yeah. Th- th- that was in the 90s around yeah. the same which came it, it, out it's in, a, in, a, in the 90s exactly. Jurassic Park it's, it's as soon as we switched over and started go- going to like digital score didn't matter anymore yeah. but that, that's the thing it's like there's great movies that can be you, you, like Adney said you play the music and you're playing the movie in your yeah. head immediately like if I don't I have, get that with any new movie at all yeah. I cannot you can play me something like I don't know where the fuck that's from you might get one or two you unless, might it's, get unless it's Star Wars Episode 7 which used the theme from the 70s exactly they can, re- Bill, they can remake Kill Bill movies has a direct, distinct you know. score under it too. Like I can, if I hear the the beginning of the Kill Bill score, I can probably be like, oh no. Oh, if, yeah. I, if I hear the beginning of fucking That's Pulp Tarantino. Fiction, I know Pulp yeah. Fiction instantly from the score. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, uh, so, but I mean, it's still there. It's still there. Yeah, there's a lot of soundtrack in that too. Yeah. So that was another great thing. Is the score is absolutely fucking phenomenal. And then, but at the same time, it drowns the dialogue. 
it drowns the dialogue a little bit. So that irritates me. When there's a score that's overpowering oh, the dialogue, I, I, I need it to be the opposite. I need the dialogue yeah. to be loud and I need the score. But at the time, they didn't have a way to really be doing that. So, like, I get it. It makes sense. And then the last thing is the fucking drive scenes. Drive scenes, they're always like, oh, we're going to go drive. And then they get in a fucking carriage with the fucking horse start whipping the horse. <laughs> like, it's so fucking funny. But the way that they shot them is so realistic. I was like, damn, dude, like, this dude's with the camera going probably like 40 miles an hour on like a four-horse carriage or something shooting this guy Which, okay, who's on a four-horse like carriage. In the like, 1800s, in the 1800s, 40 miles an hour, that's like 300 miles an hour. They probably, uh, going, uh, probably okay. like 25 miles an hour, but still, they were going fucking fast. Yeah, like, they, but they, on a horse <laughs> and a carriage back then, <laughs> nobody sucked. ever moved that fast. Seriously. <laughs> And they're fucking We're gonna just get like, there in like a month. This yeah. is exciting, <laughs> And it's not shaky like I was expecting it to be super shaky. No, they had it fucking stabilized and everything. So there was another. <laughs> there was a, like that. It's like the fucking speaker commercial. The guy with the drink. I don't know. Damn it, this right. I don't get that reference. Probably like that's like that's a sketch. Like a like, quick like all right, we gotta get there. This fast. Going super fast. The fact, hey. No. hey son, buckle up. He's the <laughs> fastest horses you ever done felt before. <laughs> and then like it clips over and it's a super far away backup shot and you see like the carriage in the distance and it's moving super slow. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a wolf running faster than it. And then you and then they stop and then you get a close up of their face and their hair is blown back. <laughs> God damn, you were right about those horses being fast. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need carriages. <laughs> What's that from? No, that's just Back to the Future. Back to the Future reference. Oh, Jesus. I want Can you get this horse up to 65? <laughs> 88 miles an hour. What the hell is a mile an hour, boy? <laughs> <laughs> What's that's NPA? another score that you know the movie. Yeah, that's Back, true. Back yeah, to the Future. Sure, the yeah. score you instantly Zemeckis. fucking know, yeah. dude. Yeah. Fucking Zemeckis. So that's my movie. Um, the Magnificent <laughs> Seven, yeah, which is sucks. now being remade. And so I... <laughs> I foreshadowed, actually re-foreshadowed without knowing she was foreshadowing because I guarantee we're going to go watch that fucking Dude, movie. she and picked it without realizing. People are going to watch awesome. the remake and not even watch this one. I know, and that's a shame. And fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a shame. Like, it's such an easy fucking watch, dude. It wasn't hard. It's a little lengthy. It's a little bit more dialogue. Oh, yeah. That's what these lengthy, movies ladies. are. <laughs> They're going to be more dialogue. It's going to be more fucking well, That's why paced. we should have more appreciation for these types of movies because that's what Tarantino... I swear he, he wouldn't be the filmmaker that he was unless he appreciated oh, these movies from the 60s and the 50s. The Seven Samurais is one of Tarantino's Ooh. biggest inspirations. Akira Kurosawa. Boom! Foreshadowing because I'm probably going to do that movie now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Star Wars took a lot from it too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. it did. Yep. Even uh, yeah, George Lucas basically that it's Samurais in space and took a lot from that movie. So yeah. I that's my movie. All right, I'm Whoever wants to go next. Should I go next? You're, <laughs> you're the best. He gave, you me, know he gave me such a stank eye. Uh, all right, uh, I don't think anyone's the best. I, I think got, we all have a great input on the movies that we choose. So I have fun. my first guest for Stevie's. Yep. The producers. Nope. Ooh, no. Producer came out in the 60s? Yeah, the producers came out in the 60s. Yeah. It came out in 71. Oh, really? I don't know. came out in the 70s. I thought the producers came out in the 70s. It really I'll, sh- came I'll, sh- out. I'll show you. Hold on. I'm going to have to change my poop, bro. No. That, was, that was Stevie talking. Psycho. Yeah, that's what I was Yes. 
Yeah, of course, Zygos. That's what I was going to say, too. Uh, yeah, 67. I was actually... Oh, shit, I, I, was, I was thinking that you might not I just talked. I just talked to I should get a bonus point. When we're done with the game and we count up all the correct guesses, I deserve a bonus point. <laughs> I was well, actually going to not say Psycho because I thought just because... Because it's Psycho. We could have an Alfred Hitchcock episode. I thought that maybe you would save it. I thought you knew when you mentioned it. No, I knew. I knew when I mentioned it. I was like, oh, I know exactly what movie you're going to do, but... At the same time, I was like, oh, maybe we can put that hey, on man. the back burner. Hey, man. It could have been the birds. He could have picked the birds. And you know what? <laughs> Alfred made so birds. many fucking... <laughs> he made, he so, many, he such he made so many great movies that you still... We can still probably do. We did a lot of silent horror films before he even fucking did. Mine's going to be Citizen Kane King. all motherfucking day. All oh. motherfucking day. But anyways, go ahead, continue. Psycho. So, the reason I picked Psycho is the beginning of slasher films. It was, like, literally what set the fucking stage. It was the beginning of a genre. And murdering blonde bombshells. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's another thing I'm going to talk about. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson in that movie. What? <laughs> in the remake? <laughs> no, that was a movie no. about Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With Helen, sexy-ass Mirren. Yeah. Damn, um, she's hot. So, the movie was made in 1960. Uh, it got an 8.5 out of 10 rating. The, People who don't know Alfred Hitchcock, I'm sorry. If you can't be a fan of horror if you don't know Alfred They've Hitchcock. They've at least heard the name. Yeah, they've had to heard Hitchcock, the name. Just that name, Hitchcock in general. Like if, I feel like if everyone's heard that name, like I've, if you haven't heard that name, you probably don't watch movies. I, think I, probably I, don't, I, think, like, like, I heard it when I was like eight yeah. for the first time. Yeah, everyone knows, you know what the fuck it was. Maybe they I might not it. know who he is, but they just know of the name. Yeah. It's how big he is. It fits my um, niche because it is a book written in 1957 by uh, Robert. Horror, even picking up a horror movie. Shut the fuck up. Robert Block. <laughs> Robert Block was the writer. It's a horror book, but it also is based on something that I am truly passionate about. Killing Serial bitches. Serial killers. <laughs> and it was, Killing uh, bitches. Well, <laughs> the main character in the movie is based off a real-life serial killer named fucking Ed Gein. And Oedipus complexes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Chris, uh, do you know what Oedipus Complex is? Mm-mm. It's when someone's sexually attracted to their mother. <laughs> oh, it was a gross. Greek, it's, it's a Greek term. That's because a it thing? Was, it was a guy named Oedipus. I almost jerked off to my aunt once. That, Dude! That, that, that <laughs> was a dark fantasy, okay? It's not a regular thing. And I'm a totally dark fantasy, okay, Stephen King's it. <laughs> God. But like you said, it happened it's, one time I'm, for one second, and now we won't stop bringing uh-huh. it up. I, that's like... <laughs> <laughs> guys, it's like a time in two days, but still, <laughs> you keep bringing it up. It's not like, it's not like I keep thinking about it. You keep thinking about it, <laughs> <laughs> which is making me think about it. Now I gotta jack off. <laughs> oh my god, but, so ridiculous. Yes, that was when I was like sixteen. So fuck you, Oedipus Complex. Um, it is. Yeah, you're being. You're attracted to your mother. Yeah, like you said, is that a thing? I. I've literally mentioned fucking philias that are way worse than that, and you never asked. Is that all a the thing? philias are Ometophilia, the arousal vomita. Mentioned that a lot. That's no, dude, I said that thinkophilia, getting that's, shit on. That one's the worst. Yeah. That one's definitely the worst. I can't. I'm, I don't. I don't do shit porn, bro. Like that's not my thing. I don't want to go. Oh, I can't wait to see this bitch get shit on. I hope it's a monster seven shit. Just really get it out of there. Oh god. Uh, so let's go. Let's let's go around that. Let's. let's you had a movie, didn't you? Yeah, I did. No, I don't, I don't know what to Was there anymore. a turd in there somewhere? <laughs> no, there was not. <laughs> was there a turd somewhere? In Someone's there? taking a shit, right? So um, Alfred Hitchcock is a well-known fucking uh writer and director at this well-known point. Well-known director. Um, he has done some of the a bunch of great silent films that by this time, and then Birds fucking made history with that fucking movie. Then he decides. He to actually re- trained about three thousand birds to attack. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely historic. 
to change the world. Yeah, because they didn't have a way to put birds in there. Send the ribbon. <laughs> oh no, the ribbons are tagging all the people in the fucking Mount fucking Winter t- is here. <laughs> Castle Black's being attacked by Rand. Hitchcock didn't write this movie, though. Just no, so he know. did not write this movie, no. But he is a writer as well as a director, producer, everything. He did a poor lot of writer, stuff. writer, but okay. But still. <laughs> I'm a poor writer, okay? All right, that's true. <laughs> You're um, a moderately not but, poor. But writer. he's poor. <laughs> no, I'm um, poor. Financially, I mean. Now, You're writing quality of your writing? Yeah, shitty. <laughs> just kidding. But he went that. the opposite way that I was going. Yeah. So, uh, I'm now, really your good friend. Now. now, when Alfred Hitchcock decided to do this movie, he wanted Ask he made it friend. extremely fucking secretive. Did not tell, it basically would not tell anybody the uh, the plot synopsis of the fucking movie. Oh, no, I'm just building this motel because I want to run a hotel. <laughs> why, are be, why are you being weird? Why are you being weird about this? Uh, just let me build my hotel. Mm, yes, why don't you come stay with me for a couple days? <laughs> you and me in this hotel? Just, <laughs> Is that your impression? Is that what he sounded like? Maybe. Could have. Nobody that. knows. Nobody <laughs> he was so mysterious. He's like Lincoln, you know. <laughs> he was like Lincoln. He just compared him to Lincoln. <laughs> Same guy. <laughs> Same fucking guy. Um. Now he, he didn't tell anybody about the plot synapse of this fucking movie. And he, what he also did was he bought every single fucking copy of the book that was out, so nobody knew the ending. Which was fucking crazy at the time. He literally did not want anybody to know what he was doing. And he didn't even announce the name of it. People, it's, it leaked that um, the movie was called Psych. So they instantly thought it was... What like, was the name of the book? Psycho. Did you already say that? Psycho was the name oh, of the okay. book. Uh, Robert Block is yeah, the director. <laughs> it thought, is a direct adaptation. I thought he might have picked yeah. a different name or something. Uh, people kept thinking... The, the, somebody announced that the, it was called Psych. So they thought it was based off of Greek mythology. Um, they kept assuming that that's nobody really knew that it was like he thought he was they thought he was doing something other than horror that he was doing a fucking Greek mythology movie but the only things that got released so that got released um, the fucking or just that little name right there um, and then he leaked to the press that uh, there's gonna be a murder in a shower basically that that's like only thing leaked to the press and then the only pictures leaked to the press was a director's chair with the name Miss Bate Hmm. On the back of the director's chair. That's all that he leaked. Which is just so good because everyone's like, what the fuck? What's going on? Like, this is a big name director at the time. Master suspense. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. So he's suspenseful. He's fucking like leaking shit out. He's living his art. Spoiler alert. Douchebag. And then to give them a hint. (laughs) Bring me another cherry pie. Wait, hold on. I need to correct myself. Um... Um, oh, God. Alfred Hitchcock did not do uh, Citizen Kane. I apologize. That was Orson Welles. My bad. Good. Duh. Mother. <laughs> Man, I get it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I Before I actually give it a preview of the movie, I just wanted to do a couple little things that I learned about the movie as as I researched. The shower murder scene is one of the most studied montages in oh, film editing history. Yeah, I know. I, I it edited contains, it together a lot. <laughs> it contains <laughs> 70 edits in 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. Fucking crazy. It's gnarly. How he showed the blood was chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> he used chocolate, black and white. It looks fucking dark. It looks really, money. Yeah. It looks can make great. a sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle it with the <laughs> Um, so Jane Lee, who played uh Marion Crane, who was the main uh the main female of the movie, she's the dame that everyone fucking loved, uh was such a big name at the time that people never expected the sex appeal to be killed off in the middle of the movie. 
It was unheard of. And all the producers and everybody was like, ah, I don't think you should do that. Yeah, she's a big name. I don't think she can. He's her like, oh, guess what? I'm a big name. I am Alfred Hitchcock. Listen, listen here, listen here, Fredo. Okay. <laughs> What's your name again? What's your name? It's Kevin. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Chris. go give me a fucking People coffee, guy. <laughs> like you didn't give a fuck about it. Go fuck yourself. I was doing the executive talking to Alfred Hitchcock, <laughs> calling him Fredo for sure, because they don't respect him. Because executives are douchebags. Go ahead though. This yeah, you're Fredo. So everyone was pissed off. Like, basically. You're <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> basically telling them you're a fucking moron. You're killing off your main girl. This that's not time, how you make movies. <laughs> this isn't how you make movies, bro. His DP was like, that's what you, his director of photography, the oh, camera guy. He was like, that's what you want to do, bro. That's what you want to do. Here's how we're gonna set it up. And he was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> like they were like like bonding on set. At least that's the story that like, I was fuck told. Yes, kill this bitch. I was told in college when we were going over Psycho. That's like there was like a. Because it, it is so. a studied fucking film, yeah. which is awesome. And like I said, it it, it gave birth to slasher films. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have. That's why we had to watch it. Was because and it was that, and then the suspense that he was able to build up in forty five oh, seconds. Oh yeah, that's with why the we score. To, yeah. The score is, dude. That's the main thing. Uh, like, where like settling. Yeah. <laughs> like the score in this movie, you wouldn't have the scene wouldn't be as famous as it is if it wasn't for the score. Oh, yeah, for sure. That brought in so much suspense. Like, eh, eh, that stabbing scene and guess what he was trying to recreate he was like how do I make how do I get that noise how do I get that stabbing noise you can feel it you can feel the music that's what's weird he also did the score Taxi Driver oh shit no way yeah Bernard Herman like the sound the sound of that that's like I don't know what like when you just even when you don't even watch if you don't watch the thing just hear that noise the score from it if it sounds like feeling being it's stabbed, the note. It's, it's the note that he hits. It's it fucking fe- crazy. It's like it's that's the, the sound. That's the sound of a slash. That's like the sound of a dude. Of tearing flesh. That's every tearing time I'm flesh watching the like. scene, I'm just like, please get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking I'm so unsettled yeah it, it is it's so unsettling I start pacing and I'm like you just fucking do it already Jesus. I'm so unsettled mm, yes you feel unsettled <laughs> you just lay in a uh, 40 second line now here. how we got the perfect sound of knife entering flesh it's a flat was he beat. told it's a flat beat his <laughs> it's, a, it's a brown noise <laughs> it's a no Basically, those prop guy, go get me all the fruit you can grab. <laughs> Basically, made him get a bunch of fruit. He laid on a table. Then fucking Hitchcock sat there with his eyes closed, gave his prop guy a chef knife, and he made him fucking cut into every single fruit, just stab every single piece of fruit. And at the end, he finally opened his eyes and said, Cassava, which is a honeydew. <laughs> so he basically just named the fruit that sounded more like flesh being cut. How Hitchcock know what knife entering flesh sounds like? I don't know. But, I mean, I'm sure it was a combination with him and the, the score the guy, guy yeah, Bernard. Yeah. Like, they came up with that together or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so now the movie takes place. Basically, you have a um, woman, Maureen Crane. Um, she's a secretary, and she has a boyfriend who's basically in money troubles. And she works. She's a secretary at a firm that, that collects money. I think it's like a... Um, it's like a bank or something like that. Where they get property service. loans, stuff like that. So she's a secretary there. So... um. Uh, a client comes in, drops off forty grand, and this is in the nineteen sixties. A lot of oh my god, forty grand! It's like a solid seventy grand. Her boss, <laughs> her boss tells her, "Go, go, drop this off at the bank, or go turn it into the bank." She asks him, "Hey, uh, can I take the rest of it off?" And he goes, "Sure, no problem." She takes the money and she runs. 
They were in Arizona at the time, Phoenix. <laughs> I'm picturing her holding the bag of money. <laughs> hey, can I get you a stamp? <laughs> Something suddenly came. Look at the bag. Look at the bag. Something suddenly came up. Sure, tits go to you. Whatever. Whatever. Sugar tits, I'm talking in. Talk this with the man. <laughs> I love that voice. That's sexist voice. You want to get over here? Get over there. <laughs> Look at me. I'm doing a thing. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I'll fuck you later. <laughs> Tell your boyfriend Sam. He uh, he's got something good over here. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So she takes the money. She fucking runs. She gets in her car. Her boyfriend's in California, so that's where she's headed. She's headed to California. Um, she she goes to her house. She ends up getting a bunch of fucking clothes, stuff like that, and she ends up getting fucking. Uh, ready to fucking go there to meet her boyfriend to tell him, hey, we can get married now. All your money troubles are over. As she's driving, her boss, she stopped at a light and her boss sees her. Doesn't think anything of it. She freaks the fuck out. She ends up driving. She gets stuck in a rainstorm and she, or, or before the rainstorm. She ends up uh, pulling over her car and stopping and falling asleep. And then she gets woken up by a police officer. Just like a broad. Just uh, falling asleep on the road, stupid broads. <laughs> Um, and a police officer, I believe he taps on her window and she wakes up and she's like, he's like, where are you headed, toots? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't say that, but you, you gotta know. get a man out here to drive for you. <laughs> this could be dangerous. What are you doing? Driving by yourself? <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who taught you how to drive, toots? <laughs> I didn't know a woman could drive. Listen here, honey cheeks. You should be a lot more careful. There degenerates around here. You gotta watch out. There's only dudes on the road. You're the only broad. You gotta be really careful when you're driving. When you're by yourself, there's a lot of niggas around. (laughs) (laughs) Cops, that's precisely dialogue taken from police officers in the 1960s. I know, I got a time machine. (laughs) We gotta go back. (laughs) We gotta go back, (laughs) dudes. Alright, so. I made sure you you guys like that voice. No, that's such a fun voice to do. Basically, she gets super scared. The cop ends up letting her go, and she's like, fuck, I need to change this car out. So she ends up going to a dealership. She ends up paying cash to get a new car that has California plates, so she's not tracked. As she's driving, a rainstorm comes, and she pulls over to the fucking closest motel that she could find, and it's the Bates Motel. She meets your antagonist of the movie, Norman Bates. She starts having a conversation with him. He's a little weird. He's um talking to her about taxidermy. He's very into taxidermy. He has like a bunch of stuffed animals and all that stuff like around him. And uh, she's like, basically they're just having a normal conversation. And he asked her to eat. And he's like, oh, you want to eat together lunch or something like that? Obviously in the hotel. You mean he tells her, bitch, you're going to come meet with me because that's yeah. what they did back in the day. So you're going to come to lunch with me, eh? Oh, you think you're getting away? That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to come with me. We're going to we're gonna do what I want. <laughs> uh, looking at her car, I, I looked up her thing, but uh, I'd probably say like mid-50s. That's Maybe like, I, don't, I don't know. That's 57 fair. around there. Oh, because you know cars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Old, let's see what five years calculates to. Damn, 375. Five years, 25 grand, the inflation jump. Crazy. Damn. So, your main girl gets peeked on by Norman fucking Bates. He's looking at her. He's fucking peeking through a little hole. And she decides on her own to go back. She's going to go back. She's going to return the money. She fucking realized she fucked up. What? Job is very important. You ain't going to have your job. You go back to turn over that money. I know. So, what happens is she starts taking a shower in her room. And this fucking female figure comes in. 
And it's the most famous, one of the most famous scenes in cinema history. It literally is. No, I think it is the most, like, I'm, it's either that or it's going to be Citizens Kane for a film purist standpoint. Those yeah. are the two right there. And Citizens Kane is because of the lighting. Um, they the were, most iconic scenes in film history. You got to have when he's standing yeah, at, exactly. on that podium. At the podium. Yeah, yep, at the podium. Yep. And I didn't yeah. know that. I've yeah. never even seen Citizens uh, Kane. Yeah. The fu- uh, this, I mean. When he's in the warehouse with all the uh, shadows. But anyways. Captain continue. America beating up GSP. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, oh this God. scene right here, this is in the middle of the movie, and your main, your the main fucking beauty of the movie, your sex appeal, gets murdered off in the shower. And at the time, it was like, holy shit! I love that. Like Hitchcock, he actually left the theater right before the scene happened, and he's listening at the door to his audience, and he's waiting, and it's fucking, he's his skin or his fucking hair standing up. He's like on his toes. Waiting because this is gonna make or break his film. This is that fucking yeah, scene that's gonna make or break yeah. his film. It's that score. It's that certain fucking moment, and he waits for it, and he waits for it. He's suspenseful for the reaction from his audience because it's one of the most suspenseful scenes so far in cinema. Like from that, from the point of beginning till now. Oh yeah, for sure. And he waits, and he waits, and then once the fucking eh, 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 that fucking once he hears that fucking noise. The whole crowd just screams, bloody fucking murder. Everyone's freaking out. You hear fucking, and he's sitting there like fucking, yes! <laughs> yes! Fuck you! Fuck you! Yeah. Fuck everyone that doubted me! <laughs> Fuck, Fuck all you. these producers! Because he did it right there. He, he created something. He did something that was so fucking memorable at the time. That he had a they, that he had a reaction from the audience. That was all that he wanted. All that he wanted. The rest of the movie didn't really matter to him. It was that fucking moment of reaction. And it was also the reveal, which you get later in the movie, that Norman Bates is actually dressed up like his mother. This is the first transsexual yet. Um, <sighs> you get that so reveal later on in the movie. I don't want to really. I, um, that's half of the movie right there. Yeah. To I what, mean, to, if you really have an appreciation yeah, for horror films and just movie. <laughs> I mean, they're not gonna. I don't. I have like no one's gonna watch any of these movies. Okay, but this is. I feel like at least one person, and if at least one person does, then we were successful. Set <laughs> <laughs> our bar pretty low, but so okay. this is this is the hey, first. Man. <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> this is the first uh, horror movie that I've ever watched. So yeah, you have to see it if you are a fan of horror at all, slasher films, anything like that. Go back to the beginning. This is the beginning of slasher films. Alfred Hitchcock is a fucking genius, and he is one of the most respected directors um, in film history. Here's my first hint to you guys for my movie. Are you ready? True Grit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he's Apollo, a writer. Oh, he was right about he's a writer. He's a writer was in 69. Ocean's Eleven. Oh, Andy. right again, huh? <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> You're an interesting dude. I'm not a lot of people. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna guess Ocean's Eleven immediately because of Frank Sinatra. So, you gotta let me do my hit. <laughs> so did I not get it right? <laughs> You're an interesting dude. <laughs> All right, you, you said that to him like you never met him before. <laughs> no, I'm saying if you haven't met him before, you're like, dude, this dude's kind of like he's interesting and peculiar to for sure. Like. <laughs> 
Whatever, man. Whatever, man. It's a sweet compliment. I've known you for 25 years. I still don't get you. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say your name again was? <laughs> okay, uh, the first hint is... <clears throat> you dig. Oh, you're such a piece of shit. <laughs> you dig. You got it? You got it, guess. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. No. Ocean's Eleven Dude, count as your first. Yeah, that was my first cast. No, that was my backup movie. Oh, nice. Um, three ten to Yuma. Dig, you dig. No, here's the second hint. Are you ready, Chris? Are you ready? Wah, wah, wah. No. Oh, um, no, no, shut up! Good, bad, ugly. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> fuck you! Suck my dick! <laughs> you said shut up! I couldn't get it. Like, I couldn't even guess. When you tell me to shut up, I can't guess. It was already at you guys. Shut up! <laughs> I got excited. Sorry. The good and the bad and the ugly. Actually, uh, all three of his spaghetti westerns came out in the 60s. Yeah. Surprisingly, because they were way ahead of their time. 64 through 66. Yeah, Dude, 64. it's crazy that those movies were made at the same time as all... Because like, they're on another fucking level. Like, What's crazy dude, is Clint Eastwood's shit. still alive. Yeah. Dude, still alive. And he, you know what's funny? He was allergic to horses. That's fucking... Anyways, <laughs> what do you want to do? Westerns. <laughs> he's like... He, basically, he's the fucking... Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, a filmmaker, because he's like, listen, I do have asthma, but I'm going to get rid of it by jogging. <laughs> I'm gonna, he's like, he's like, basically what hey, he did. Yeah, I'm going to conquer this allergy by fucking sleeping fucking with horses it. all day. <laughs> okay, so um, the, uh, the summary of the film, The Good, The Bad, I know you've heard that name, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. You've heard variations of it, jokes about it, references the to good, it. The good, the bad, and the abby. Those are the deepest cuts. Those are yeah. We used to make up film names for uh, put, put put Adney in it all the time. Just like take a movie title and add Adney yeah, like into it. House of a Thousand Adneys or Adney and the Giant Peach <laughs> <laughs> or like Ed and Eddie Ad Ad and Adney. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, but came up with that was me. Aladney. Aladney is a good one. That's and we just like yeah, picture him like, like House of Jenny a Thousand Adneys House of a Thousand Adneys is just a giant glass house with a bunch of Adneys high-fiving each other drinking <laughs> like hanging out together anyway that's the thing because uh, so he enjoys his own company you get it? I, I do uh, <laughs> I do <laughs> stupid fucking the good and bad ugly uh, centers around actually three main characters uh, um, basically two bounty hunters and then an outlaw uh, the three of them basically learn about this treasure, $100,000 worth of gold. And this is in the 1800s. So, like, or it's 100,000 pieces of gold, I think it was. But just this fucking fortune in gold coins, and it's buried in a great... $70 trillion in gold. <laughs> and in gold. At first, it's just uh, um, the main, two of the main characters, Tuco, who's a Mexican outlaw, and then this other guy... Who's only referred to as Blondie? You never learn his name. They each learn two different parts of where the gold is buried. Two point three mil, according to this calculator over un- here. Like, that's how much. Okay, so <laughs> what did you just type in? Eighteen hundreds? No, there's a calculator that inflation does an inflation. inflation. Calculator. No, no, I know. But what date did you put in? It only lets me go to nineteen fourteen. It doesn't oh, let me go. Oh, this was in the eighteen hundreds, though. I know. So it's it doesn't let me go any way sooner. Way so three million. It's three million. Probably. So imagine you're a fucking bounty hunter. You're going Mark for like seventy trillion. <laughs> <laughs> 
so Clint Eastwood plays the man with no name. He has, but they just call him Blondie. Tuco calls him Blondie. Yeah, Tuco's the, the one that gives him the name, so you don't. Yeah, he doesn't even really have blonde hair. But doesn't he, matter. It's shady. It's like a. It's like a dirty, dirty dark blonde Whatever. sort of hair. Anyways, they each learn a different part of where the uh, gold is buried, and there's this other out. There's this other uh, bounty hunter, who's this fucking really shysty motherfucker who like basically. Trying to get the information out of them. The three of them are. It's, 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 it's three of them are racing to find where this gold is, and that's that's what the whole overarching story is. It's three different guys, one good, one bad, one ugly. Yeah, so it's Tuco, that's it's Blondie, and it's fucking Boba Fett. They're all <laughs> hanging out together, <laughs> and they're all going after them. And that's and they just come into contact with each other. It's during. Uh, it's actually during the Civil War. Like the Civil War is still being fought at the time the movie takes place. Um, that's your thing, but uh, uh, there's so many different reasons why this movie is amazing. First of all, just about every single Western ever made, especially just movies plain in period, at this time are all about the pure hero versus the totally evil bad guy. Like the bad guy is evil and they know it. And it's kind of, if you look at it's it now. It's black and white. It's simple. Yeah, and if you look at it now, it seems cartoony. And like, because of the good, like, yeah, like all those jo- those famous John, John Wayne, he was the quintessential cowboy movie star, and he was always so purely good. He had no faults in his character. Yeah. Everyone just loved him. And then, at like, and that's how all American movies are made: is all the good guy is just pure light, Jesus character esque kind of guy. And then out of nowhere, this Italian filmmaker named Sergio Leone was like, you know what? I want to make a western. I really like that genre. I want to make a film set in the American uh, Old West. And everyone just laughed at him. That's why it's called a spaghetti western, can- because it's an Italian director. Yeah, it's like, like you're, you're Italian. What the fuck do you know about, uh, like, shut up. Trust me, I know a western. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's actually, fuck are you. <laughs> fuck you're... everybody. <laughs> oh, and here's what's really great, is he did so, he, like, they took the name spaghetti western, meant as an insult, and now it's like a blanket term for a movie that basically where the good guy isn't good all the way he's always all the characters are in a gray area even the bad guy you understand his motivations and the good guy has faults he has flaws he's not the best person everyone exists in the gray area it was a very very early on you connect when they with them more. That, you, yeah the real the real person connects with them more. it was a very early example of the gray area type of filmmaking and uh, spaghetti western got just like oh no it's Became kind of it's almost like a Dabo Seaworth in Game of Thrones how they called him the Onion Knight as an insult, mm. but he's like I'm gonna take it as my sigil. Right. Call me Onion Knight. I'm proud of this, and now you can't you can't use it to hurt me now. Spaghetti storyline. <laughs> uh, and that's what it is. Every uh, episode. Batman. <laughs> just gotta say it now. <laughs> just because. <laughs> this was actually the third of a trilogy. The three movies aren't like strongly connected. It's not like this really clean cut like. This movie happened. This movie, it's more like, like the Indiana Jones trilogy. It's like they don't seem that strongly connected, but they are connected. But uh, so you don't really you don't need to watch those other two movies in order to get the third one. They all stand up on their own. Yeah, you can all watch them separately, but uh, it is like borrowing from the same kind of character and everything. And uh, like this movie is so amazing because it's not afraid of a pause. So many movies, especially now, will not, they're so terrified of being quiet, silent, and focusing on a moment. They won't let it happen. Yeah. The only filmmaker I know nowadays who will do it is Hayao Miyazaki. He's the only one who will be like, you know what? Sometimes you got to let a moment sit. Let the audience, let the characters, most of all, most importantly of all, in the story, sit there. And 
take it all in. And, and let, of course Tarantino. I'm sorry. Take I every, get it out of my fucking Take breath. things <laughs> down and be silent for a fucking minute. Scorsese that happened several too. times in, in the movie. Uh, I think it's really well done. And uh, Clint Eastwood, Blondie, and then uh, Tuco, like they have like, they start out as enemies. Like they, look, they start off as like they're a partnership and like they do things to help each other out getting bounties. And then uh, Blondie betrays Tuco and then Tuco gets back at him for revenge and like uh, that's when they find out about like... It's definitely a back and forth with them. It's, yeah. it's a back and forth for a while and like this really like rivalry thing but then what ha- look, the, the, the whole thing about it is like uh, so uh, Blondie what he was doing was alright he's like Tuco what I'm gonna do is since I'm known as a bounty hunter and you're a wanted man I'm gonna bring you into town to town I'm gonna keep bringing you into every single town saying look I caught him give him my reward I'm gonna accept the reward and then when they go to hang you I'm gonna sit up really far away and I'm gonna shoot the rope when they hang you. So then I'll go and rescue you and we'll escape, go to the next town and do it all over again. So we're gonna catch the same bounty on you just over and over again and mm. split it. That was their little fucking deal they had going. They were fucking scamming the US government, which is how, awesome. But wait, how did he get him out of jail once he collected no, the no, bounty? They, they were gonna hang him. Oh. While when Tuco has the rope around his neck and he's about to get hung, like when he's about to hang him. Clint Eastwood, Blondie, would shoot the rope oh. with his rifle and then fucking go and grab him and then they would take off. He would, Over and over again. Finally, he got sick of it. He's like, you know what? I just realized you're never going to be more than uh, like a $5,000 bounty. I'm out of here. And, like basically just fucking leaves him to die. And, to, and Tuco gets like, is super fucking pissed, but he survives the desert. And there's this really cool scene where it goes into a gun shop and there's this old man there and he's like looking at all the guns and everything, and he's just like, Ugh. and then he starts, like the guy like displays like five revolvers in a row, and Tuco starts taking them all apart and mixing and matching the parts. He's like testing all the parts and playing with them, and he puts together his own little makeshift gun out of all the parts. That's so he's like, awesome. He's like cartridges, hands him a bunch of bullets, he loads it up. He's like, you have a shooting range, and they go in the back, and he shows that he's an amazing shot. Tuco is, he's fucking brilliant with the gun. And then he goes, all right, how much? And then the old guy goes, uh, $300. And he's like, no. And he points the gun at the guy's face, like, how much? Like, how much money do you have? And the old man just gives him all his money and shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so good. And then, uh, but, uh, that's fucked up. <laughs> and uh, he's an outlaw. Uh, that's gangster. That's the thing is he's a Suicide bad guy. Suicide Squad kind of tried to do that a little bit, but that's, he's like, oh, I'm not going to shoot you. I'm uh, that's what I'm talking about. Is like you have this guy. He's a bad guy. He's not a good person. Yet you care for him. There is a scene in which he goes. Okay, I'm going I'm to get to it in a second. But what he happens is he finds Blondie. Right, and he's trying to play the same trick with somebody else. He captures Blondie, has him at gunpoint, and basically, dra- he's on his horse and he drags Blondie out into the middle of the desert. He's walking and he's dying of dehydration, and uh, he's like just wants to torture him as like, as like you know payback. While they're in the middle of the desert, they see some carriage kind of come up out of nowhere, and they go and grab the guy, and like Tuco's just searching the wagon, and one guy is left alive, and uh, he's a Union soldier from the Civil War. He's like. And he goes, 100,000, 100,000 pieces of gold. It's all yours if you just give me water. And he's like, oh, I'll get you water. I'll get you water. Just stay alive. Don't die. Don't die. And then he runs, <laughs> and then he runs to go grab his uh, a kid. I'll be right back. Don't you go dying on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. He goes, I got robbed by a sweet old man. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he asks 
him where it's at, and he goes, it's in a graveyard. It's in a graveyard. Graveyard? That's all Tuco knows. It's in a graveyard and in a certain place. And then uh, he's like, okay, I know it's in a graveyard in a certain place. And then he's like, he runs to get the water, and he comes back, and Blondie's already talking to the guy, and the guy whispers in Blondie's ear, the name on the grave where the gold is buried. Oh, so now he has la- uh, leverage. collateral. Leverage. Yeah, leverage. And then he goes, what? You talked to him. What'd you say to him? I'm like, fuck you. He's <laughs> like, no, you're dead. You're already dead. God damn it. And then he goes, grab- now we gotta work together, see? And he grabs Blondie. He's like, come on. He's like, don't die. Don't die. I'll save you. I swear to God, I'll save you. <laughs> and then he takes Blondie after he's been torturing him for days, takes him to a mission where uh, Tuco's brother is a priest. So it's like, and you get this really great backstory. Like he's, He's like, I need you to save my friend's life. And uh, so they're nursing Blondie back to health. And what's going on, there was this incredible scene between Tuco and his brother where he's like happy to see his brother. He's like, oh, you look so good. Look at you. You look a little thin, but oh, I'm so glad to see you. You're doing great here and all this stuff. And he's just, but his brother is disgusted with him. He's like, you became an outlaw. You're a fucking scumbag. How dare you? Well, you get the, that's the two sides, or the, you have one who's a fucking outlaw. One's a priest. It's completely different. That's contradicting things right yeah, there. Yeah, and Tuco is the older brother, and he's basically... and He basically he needs to set the bar for his brother. He lays his little brother out and says, like, fuck you. Like, you went the way... We, there was two ways. When we're, when we, when, uh, where we grew up, there was two places you can go. You can either serve God or become an outlaw. You chose your way. I chose mine. My way was harder. I had to feed the family. I had to make it on my own. So, like, basically, fuck you for Damn. judging me. We're still family and everything. And and what you see is Blondie, like, wakes up and he you actually... You rape kids. I rob people. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> Blondie actually spies on them and he sees this conversation happen. And when it's over, he, like, runs back to his bed and acts like he didn't seize anything. When he's back to full health, they leave and they're on a carriage. And then, uh... So, Tuco and Blondie are, are riding on a carriage away towards where the gold is. And Blondie's, like, smoking a little cigar... And Tuco's all like, I love, I saw, I saw my brother here. It was amazing to see my brother. You know, he loves me, my brother. You know, uh, we just, whenever we see each other, we're so happy to see each other. You know, it's great. He's it's playing, great. he's like, like hiding trying, face yeah. On, yeah, in front of Blondie. Yeah, he's, he's trying hiding to feel like he's, it's better, like my family and me. Like, he like, didn't want to admit there was desertion between him and his exactly. brother. And he goes, I love, I love my brother so much. I mean, I'm so happy that no matter where I go, I always have a brother who won't refuse me a bowl of soup. And he's just kind of like, Nodding off like this, like you can see him, and that's and that's when he who feeds me a bowl of soup. <laughs> I love soup, Alfred. Alfred, why is your soup cold? <laughs> I know we're in the West. Build it's fire. supposed to be cold, <laughs> but uh, you get this nice silent moment of like Tuco looking off in the distance, really contemplating his own actions and his relationship with his brother. And in that really silent moment, we're riding horses, and he's just thinking about his life and who he is and all these things that are going through his head. Like, Blondie kind of looks over at him and kind of rips off a piece of his cigar and, like, lights it a little bit and then hands it to him. Like, here, have a piece of the cigar. And then, like, Tuco starts, like, you know, grabs it and everything. And it's like, oh, wow, they're, they're butts. Mm. And the, so it's, like, basically showing, like, Blondie saw what happened. Tuco doesn't know that Blondie saw what happened, but Blondie saw what happened. And you, the audience member, saw that. And he's feeling for him a little Blonde bit. Feels like, ba- Blondie that, feels bad for yeah, Tuco. Yeah, and he starts to build this uh, really good relationship. But, um... And the movie just builds off of that. And the others, like, there's a lot of actually really awesome shootouts throughout the film. Clint Eastwood is just fucking so cool. He has that ring press, or that not ring press. He's the Steve McQueen of his era. Yeah. But sure. I mean, like, well, well, I mean, it's the same, same era. Same era, whatever, yeah. dude. <laughs> But Steve, Steve McQueen is the fucking Clint Eastwood of his time. This was like six years later, though. 
Yeah, it was like Steve McQueen was Steve McQueen before Clint Eastwood was Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah and like what's funny is like like uh, I remember like Quinn, um, people will reference Qu- Clint Eastwood just his facial structure and like the way that he acts. Yeah, like squinty eyed. It's squinty eyed. Whenever anybody has squinty eyed in their talk, that de- that rugged, deep fucking voice that like smokers cough. Clint Eastwood's the man. For I never smoked. Hands down. I never smoked. And what's funny, uh, those cigars. I, I just sound like this. He smokes. He <laughs> smokes those cigars throughout all three films, and he says the reason he did that was because. He hated the taste of them. He thought they were disgusting. Give oh, them, so it would give him he, that little like. It would give him like this that nasty look. look. Too. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. He says that I wanted to be bitter as the role, so I did that. And, that's uh, so. What's oh funny my is like God. I remember like years later. That's like I would do that because I hate cigarettes. Or years hate later, uh, somebody asked him like to star in some movie. Or, it was something about him acting, and he's like, "What? I can't act. I don't. I don't act." I stare. I'm really good at staring. <laughs> and that's so a lot what he does in the it's movie so is stares. He has very little dialogue. A lot of what he does is facial acting. So maybe acting. it wasn't a director's call. Maybe it wasn't a, a director's call. Maybe it was his call. Like, like, man, that director like does a lot of pauses. No. Director's like, okay, you have dialogue here. And he's just staring Say at the director. Say your line. Say your line. You're not talking. You're lying. And he's just staring at the director. And he goes... God, okay, that's he's fine. Like, he doesn't want to confront. Yeah, he, goes, he doesn't want to confront fucking Clint Eastwood. He's like, he's Clint Eastwood is scary as fuck. He goes, he's like, he looks at me wrong. No, just stop looking goes, at me like that, please. Listen sir. here, Mussolini. You don't tell me when to say my lines. But you're not saying any of your lines. Again, you're not any. He, at least a one the line. I know how to be. Clint Eastwood had so much dialogue, but he was <laughs> the director was so scared of Clint Eastwood. He's like, God, the perfect. Like, <laughs> such a good job. Oh, First take, clip. <laughs> God, we're so racist towards Italians. <laughs> but like that, the movie, of course, ends with a brilliant shootout between the three of them. And like, uh, I, I'm not gonna give it away, but uh, the movie is fucking fantastic. Uh, it's a little bit long. I don't know, like two hours maybe. I don't remember. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, like two hours is long, even though we watch movies like. Do you, if you watch Titanic, you should watch this fucking movie. Okay. Fuck Titanic, such a That's piece what of I'm shit. Saying, bro. It's two forty one. But yeah, it's a it's a brilliant movie about it's one of the very earliest examples of not your black and white characters. And we're gonna add some complexity to our characters, and they're gonna grow. You're gonna see them start as as like they're gonna be a confrontation between them. They're gonna be it's like they're friends, and then they're not friends, and then they're friends again, <laughs> kind of thing. But uh, you do get a lot of it, there's it's just it's brilliantly the storytelling, not so much uh, Clint Eastwood's acting, although it's awesome and he's fucking so cool in it. Tuco is funny and badass at the same time. Um, but it's really the way Sergio Leone constructed the story that makes it so fascinating, so interesting. And like, this is the kind of thing when they make that Han Solo solo movie, uh, they need to, they need to make it like this. They need to make it like this. This kind of we, spaghetti we, we Western. We, we, when you say solo, when they make that Han Solo solo movie. <laughs> It needs to be like this. Or like, I want it to be called the Han Solo film, solo movie. <laughs> like, like, like an, I want it to be that colon there. Han and then is solo. Han solo. Han solo colon the solo movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to suggest it a hundred fucking percent. So the movies that we chose were um, the, the Magnificent Mag- Seven, nineteen sixty. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, nineteen sixty six. And Psycho, 1960. Hey, guys. Did you know that you got a bugger bugger body? You got, you got a bugger. All right, all right, all right. I have been saving this story, and I don't even think I fucking told you guys about it. You haven't it told yet. us shit. 
You haven't even told us nothing about your bra. So, I'm going to tell you the end result of this night. There is now a hole in my door. There I saw is that. now a hole no, 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 no. in my door. Okay, I didn't know. I, I, Chris says this now. But I, I wrote Chris the other day when I was editing. And I was like, hey, I was I was peeking in through your door. And I spied on you and Ree. Because I all did. I went to the bathroom. And I like I, I didn't know Chris was there. And then I saw a giant hole in his door. And I just literally looked in and saw both of them sleeping. And then I watched him for like six minutes before I went to the bathroom. But yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And then when I went back again, he had the chance poster foreshadowed eight months ago with his chance dog <laughs> over the hole in the door. Because chance fills holes, homie. Chance fills holes! Bam, there you go. Boom, boom, boom. All right, so this last week. Because like, he has the poster of chance staring down, you know? And it, staring it, at the staring hole. Literally staring literally at the hole. Staring at the hole. Okay, that was He's like, I'm going to enter that shit right there, homie. I'm telling you right now. That shit's getting entered. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I'm going to fucking microdose that pussy right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so last weekend we had a birthday party to go to, okay? So we all go to the Nugget. That's where everyone's meeting up. We all go to the Nugget. I'm with Reed. We're having a great fucking time, all that good stuff. We moved from the Nugget to this Mexican restaurant. Um, Fiesta Mexicana? <clears throat> it's like kind of downtown. It's like right on the outskirts. You don't need to name like names. Like by the Aces Stadium. You don't need to name names. Anyways, uh, it was great. Actually, like it was really good. Now, it was way too pricey. A Mex- Mexican food, if that dish is over $12, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. It, it, first of all, charging more than $2 for tacos is out fucking rageous when it's just meat, cilantro, and onions. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not paying well, on, $3 listen, listen, listen. for a fucking street taco. Hold on. If the only time I suggest that you pay more than that normal amount is if the fucking tortillas are handmade. All right, so anyways... We go to this Mexican restaurant. There's a grip of us there. I think there was around like 15 of us there. So we had like a fat party. We had micheladas, all that good stuff. We had a good time. It was fun. Now the night starts, okay? And um, my buddy Jordan had this like little route that he wanted to go on. He's like, I want to hit this dive bar and then this dive bar and then we'll like make our way to nothing. Was it Jordan the one? Yeah, Barrington. Yeah, yeah. We go to the dive bars. Okay, no big deal. We're having a good time. Everything's still fucking going sweet. All right, cool. So we go to both of these dive bars. I'm drinking scotch. I'm having a great fucking time. I wasn't fucking around with beer. I wasn't that wasted yet. I was just getting the night started. We were going good. Finally get to downtown, and the first place we go to is where? Fucking Novi. So Novi is this new, like, it's modern really new country it, it, bar. So that it's in my, it's in my, it's right across from my actual restaurant where I work. Now, Novi was created because there was a place called Babinga. What was it before Novi, and it was a fucking nice dance club on the weekends, but it got super ghetto to where people, a person got killed from the security guard, beat him to death. What? Guy hit his head. So they decided to close it down, and what's the only place that you can go to where you don't bring the ghetto? A country bar. <laughs> That's what they decided. I swear they did it because they're fucking racist. How can we bring people that are not like gangster as fuck? That, make it country. That's why they did it because my company is racist. Full but the circle. thing is, they didn't even make <laughs> sort of it right country. Now, like it's no, I such. Agree. It's I've a heard great, the way some of them talk to some of the cooks. Yeah. The venue's awesome. I really actually enjoyed the layout of the area. It's a really cool area. There's two fucking bars. It's kind of like open. It was actually I enjoyed the layout. But the fucking music in there is it's beyond pop country. It's, like yeah. you already have your pop country, and then they take it's it a pop, step pop further. Country. Yeah, and then they like put Trip techno pop. beats. No, it's it's pop. Yeah, country pop. It's it's, it's trip country. Trip pop. It's trip pop. Trip pop country. It's yeah. 
country. They're you playing, don't know what TPC? You're playing you a bunch of like country. Yeah. Techno TPC, beats and like do 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 and he's all should have been a cowboy. Like the beats, pe- the it beats. Eat they, they're they're not, yeah. It's EDM country. It's the worst. I was I wanted to fucking kill myself. Y'all out there, I'm at ecstasy right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> having a good time. I was like, you off your tractor doing all the hallucinogens. Out there with your psilocybin. I know what y'all be doing. Tune in. Keep on dancing. Uh, so at this point, I'm getting kind of irritated because I just do not like this fucking bar. You know, I just I don't like it. I don't. Love, it's not my, my Republican man. But, but <laughs> this isn't my birthday. This is her birthday. So I'm I'm there. I'm I'm not being like um. You okay. can't see it on my face that I'm I'm upset or anything. We can. But deep down, I'm like, oh, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I but I'm gonna, smell it. On I'm you. gonna put on a good front and like, cheers and okay, happy birthday. And then I was like, are we ready? To but really, up? that's what you think you're doing. But reality, you're doing this. Yeah, cheers, bro. No. You're being the Clint Eastwood no, no, of the no, Novi no, right now. No. You're like, cheers, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, and then, right and then they all went out to smoke, right? And then I, I know what you're thinking. So we're all out smoking in the casino. All that good stuff. And so we decided to leave Novi. Did I do circles? And then we're going to go to Brew Brothers. There's Adney Works at fucking Super Brew Brothers. So we go on to fucking Brew Brothers and we get drinks. That's how people work at work, motherfucker. (laughs) I don't even work. Fuck you. Yeah, he doesn't work at work. Did I triangle dance or did I square dance? (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Well, I guess you gotta ask yourself one question. Do you, do you feel country? <laughs> well, do you? <laughs> Pong, partner? Partner? <laughs> so fucking stupid. It's money, though. Oh, man. Alright, I'm gonna need you guys not to interrupt me now. My okay? bad. Oh, man. I'm sorry. It's only gonna be like, like five minutes. Fun. Because this is, no, well, this is the meat and potatoes of the story right here. Everything else. You can eat all of your meat. Yeah, you, you, you are gonna eat it, both of you. You're gonna love it, and then you're gonna spit it back to me so I know what the fuck I'm so doing right now. You sick fuck. <laughs> you fucking baby bird. Yeah, you're right, I'm a baby bird! <laughs> <laughs> This guy shows up. I don't know who he is. Reed knows him. This guy, when I see him, this dude, he works out. You can tell he works out. He's about six fucking four. He's older. He has that, like, nice gray tone to everything. Not to where it's like, damn, you're old. It's that nice middle-aged man that you're kind of like, you get the musk from and everything. You're kind of like, okay. Salt and pepper. Like, yeah. Salt and pepper. Like like, like my hair. Yeah. He's a young George Clooney. Yeah, seriously. A young George Clooney, but... Not better looking. George Clooney's fucking gorgeous, but Look, he had he had more muscles. He had more muscles, but the face structure wasn't there. Like eh, whatever. But anyways, apparently this guy is Ree's boss of the bar, not like of the entire establishment, just like the boss. Uh, yeah, manager, he's the boss at her the fucking boss place. Manager, yeah, yeah. and so he like manages it, whatever, all that good stuff. So Ree knows him. I don't think anything of it at first, okay? At first, I'm like, okay, this is just another dude that Rhea has introduced me to out of Yo, the thousands Jesus. because for some reason, she only fucking knows dudes. It doesn't Most bother me. Most girls do because I even Dak. Dak has all dude friends. It doesn't bother doesn't me. doesn't bother really me either. Because guess what? They're not giving that you like I'm giving that I'm going to tell you what, what did Two seconds. Me. Bam. Because it wasn't about him. Nothing he did made me hate him. It was what she did that made this entire situation <sighs> escalate. <sighs> And this sucks because um, we haven't had any fights before this. And now, we're good. We're good now. But I just wanted to get it out because you guys are my friends. Shut friend, up. Get to the thing. The podcast listeners, all that good stuff. Okay. So, 
The dude shows up. I don't think anything of it. We all sit there and we take a couple shots. They're talking. And I can see that he's engaged with him and, like, she's talking to him. And, you know what? It didn't bother me. I was like, okay, you know what? You're going to talk to your friend. That's her boss. That's her boss. That's her boss. They're talking. I'm going to go talk to my friend. When's my schedule tomorrow? Like, I know. Yeah. So we're literally, like, 10 to to 15 feet apart. I can see her and she's talking to her boss. Okay. I go over and I start talking to my friends. It's not even a fucking big deal. So I'm sitting there talking to my friends. You know, I smoke a cigarette or whatever. And then I look up, she's gone. And I'm like, okay, well, where did she go? And then I go and I walk oh, around the whole she entire bar. With her fucking boss. I walk around the bar, I don't see her. I look on the dance floor, I don't see her. Oh shit. I cannot fucking find her. So at this point, I'm like, okay. Hey, have you seen the one black girl here? <laughs> I'm like, maybe, maybe she went to the bathroom. So I leave the bar, I go out of the bar, and I go to the bathroom, and I'm looking for him. At this point, because I figure he is waiting for her to come out of the bathroom. Well, I don't see him anywhere. So I sit there for about five, ten minutes, and I'm just waiting. Okay, well, okay, obviously she's not in the bathroom. So I go back inside, and I do one more go-around. And I can't fucking find Where the fuck is she? Where the fuck is she? And so I go back out. And at this point, my blood is starting to boil. Yep. I have done two laps. I have checked everywhere. Where the fuck are you? You are my girlfriend. No, where you is are my not girlfriend? with her. Simple question. Like, what where the, the fuck, fuck is, is going girlfriend? on? Yeah. Why aren't you? like? And in, at this point, it's been 20 to 30 minutes, okay? And so Jordan sees me, and he's gambling. And I'm like, Jordan, you need to come here right now because I'm about to fucking freak out. Jordan is really good friends with Ree, and they were really good friends before. So I was like, where is she? That's actually how you met. Yeah, that's how we met. Oh, like, where, for a second time. Sorry, where is she? I do not know where she is, and I lay it out to Jordan. Um, all of a sudden, my fucking girlfriend's gone. He's like, okay, well, let's go find her. He's like, don't freak out, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude. I'm about to fucking punch your fucking boss. So I need you to be by my side this entire fucking time. So when you see me starting to swing on her boss, you catch me and you allow me to not do that. Because I know when I see him, I'm going to freak out. Like, at this point, he had escalated to the point that I was already upset. I can't find my girlfriend. It's been 30 minutes and she's acted like I haven't existed for the past 30 minutes. She was fully engaged it's with this hour, guy. So it's been and an hour. And on top of that, I already let both of them know that I was threatened by the relationship. Because I was like, you're too attracted to be talking to my... I don't like it. I was already uneasy from the very start. You told and I let them that? Both of them know, and she said she thought it was a joke. Oh, I thought you were joking. We both laughed about it. Well, it's very apparent that it wasn't a joke because I'm already getting mad about it right he has now. A cover. Because I she still, knew, she he knew. has a full head of hair. To this you day, not see this? to this day, right now, I still, she, okay, wait, I'm not done. I'm, continue, chronological. Order. So, anyways. Finally, me and Jordan go back in there. I can't find her. Jordan somehow finds her, okay? Jordan comes over to me, and he's like, she's over there. And he points to where she is. I go over to her. I'm like, you need to come here right now and talk to me. And she's like, why? I didn't do anything. Like, why are you looking at me like that? Because I'm staring at her, like, just so fucking... She knows I'm fucking mad. I walk out of the bar. I'm not causing a scene in the bar. And I walk over into a little corner of the casino, and I start talking to her. I'm like, you think that it's okay? I was like, can I just want you... To put yourself in my shoes real fast. And imagine if a girl that you thought was attractive showed up and started talking to me. And then you told me you were threatened by said relationship. And then you diss a fucking peer for 30 fucking minutes. A girl that you you work with. That you work with. That you know. That you've been talking to for 30 minutes before you disappeared. And here's the thing. No, here's the fucking thing is that there's a lot of women out there who are getting constantly hit on by some douchebag at work. Multiple usually. But at least one douchebag at work who's constantly working constantly.
constantly like giving her like you know what I would be the ideal guy bullshit like play and he's constantly fucking working on her he constantly wants to fucking fuck her like and we as guys know that that's fucking happening dude and girls you know that's fucking true you know you worry about that kind of thing so just fucking imagine it and then like so like seriously you but show up you like you know this guy from fucking work and then he's like you act like I don't fucking exist, even though we're in a fucking couple. I let you know that I don't like this relationship at all, and you brush it off and then just ignore me and have your own little private fucking little get-together hangout for 30 fucking minutes, and then you just disappear together? Disappear. Not only it's that, not right. It's n- not okay. It doesn't matter if you actually... It doesn't matter it doesn't if you matter fucked it or what not. Happened. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. It's what you are... It's, it's like the way you're making me feel, and you don't give a fuck. You're defending yourself. You're not acknowledging what you did was wrong. Fuck you. And I, at this point, I'm yelling at her. But it's not at this that. point, I've been saying all this to her. We're in this little fucking corner. I'm fucking yelling at her. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck. You know what? Go have no, fucking fun. Her job fun, is to literally get hit on. Left. Her job is to literally get hit on. She's a right. bartender. I understand She's that. She's used to it. So that's already like, oh, I hate it. It's like, that's how I, oh, well, how do you expect me to make money? I've already dealt with that. I've had an ex that was a bartender that said, well, how do you expect me to make money unless I'm not, like, I need to be, like, you have to play the single role. You're a, either a server or you're a bartender. You have to play the single role to get money. So you're flirty in a sense. It's an innocent type of flirty because you're trying to make money back. So you, that's already an issue. For me, it is like, ah, oh, God damn it, I hate seeing that because you pretend like you don't have a boyfriend because you won't need to get cash. So that would already be in my head. And then that added on to it as your boss. It, I, I'm right there with you. I completely can. I'm completely so agree. I, 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 I straight doing. fucking leave, dude. I'm like, no, you know what? Fuck it. Go have fucking fun with fucking. Wait, hold on, hold on. So you brought name? that up, and what was her retort? I didn't give her a retort. Because at this point, security guards are coming up to me because I'm yelling at her in the corner right there by That's Roxy. That's you fucked up. Now you, you gave her ammunition side. because even though you were justified in yelling, a woman will never let you know you were justified in yelling. Those, as soon as you raise your voice that loud, you're evil. You're a piece yep. of shit. Every fucking time. Yep. You're not allowed to raise your voice at all. Yep. I wish, like, I know that the Eldorado's racist, so I wish they would just come up to him and be like, is this girl bothering you, son? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be so fucking money. Whoa. Oh my god. She's like, what are you talking about? Whoa! Put your hands up right now. What do you got on you? Are you strapped? She's got a gun! So I fucking left the whole entire situation. She's calling me. She's doing all this. I'm not answering it. What I'm doing is I'm literally talking to my phone. Because I was like, I need to get this off of my head right now. This is great podcast material. This is immediately what I thought. And I start... Boop, recording as I'm walking out of the El Dorado. All right, so check this out. I have the recording. I have it in. It's like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's 20 minutes fucking long. Minicast. It's a personal cast. And so I'm sitting there just venting to myself. Because you're so drunk that you're not even. That should oh, be bonus material. <laughs> it's like, why did we argue last night? I'm and just it's like, you have to remember freaking it. the fuck out. And I'm like, this is fucking garbage. What the fuck ever. And then I finally vent. It took me like 30 minutes. I'm sober now. So I leave. I go home. She's texting me, all this stuff. And I'm like, whatever, whatever. Well, eventually... A girl named Brittany got onto her phone and was like, this is Brittany. You're out of your mind. Blah, blah, blah. And started texting me. I was like, how you, bitch? Dare I do you. not know who you are. How, how dare, dare she you? gives you the fucking phone? Apparently, Brittany is her sister and her sister just grabbed her phone. No, Brittany is her sister. Not apparently. Brittany is her sister. I just didn't make the connection at the time that Brittany, her sister, was grabbing her phone from Ree because Ree was all upset, crying to everybody around her and all that fucking good stuff. Like, oh, he's not texting me. And so Brittany grabbed the phone from her and texted me. 
I didn't realize that. I thought it was just some random girl that you fucking gave your phone to, like a friend that I didn't know that you gave your phone to. Like, this is bullshit. What do I do? All that. And then so the outcome is you ruined Thanksgiving because now you can't go there because their whole family hates you. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> fuck Actually, uh, Fuck you. Her, Who are you? Her grandpa and grandma love me to fucking death. They the only did. One, and her, si- or her mom does too. The only they one that did. doesn't like me. No, they still do because I met, I was staying at her grandparents two days later. I was staying at their house with her. Well, plus I'm also, you also bring them to dinner. And yeah, I'm also like, I got no, you, I, I got you. The grandparents yeah, boy, I and got me you. are fucking straight. It's now like me and her sister have beef, like whatever. But going but she on. She does not deserve to have. It's like, I didn't know who Yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Anyways, Plenty moving Brittany's, on. Only white girls are named Brittany, so I, I assume. Yeah. Seriously, bro. I go home. I'm asleep, okay? It's probably 5 o'clock in the morning. I probably got home at like 2.30. I, I had to smoke, all that good stuff. I'm finally asleep. Well, I literally wake up and breeze on top of me. I thought you were going to say I wake up and then fucking sparkles <laughs> <are>. <laughs> uh, Still, no one's going to know that reference because you still haven't put out that bonus. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I wake dude. up. She's, she's on top of me and she's like, we need to talk about this, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, what the fuck is there to talk about? Me and my entire friends group were looking for you for 30 minutes and you could not be found. Your best friend Jordan couldn't find you. Kenny couldn't find you. None of the group that you were with couldn't find you. And you're going to fucking sit here and tell me that you were in the bar? Or that you're a bad guy? Or that you're the bad she guy? Told I'm you, the bad guy. She told you she was in the bar. bar. She said that I just didn't see her. And what, it, what this is doing right now... Is only making it worse because I thought I was over it and now I can tell that I'm not because she never no, gave not. me a definitive answer of where she was. She's trying to say that I was so wasted and the entire group I was with was so wasted the search party that we find didn't you. see her in the, the same bar. The only black girl in the bar. Right. Okay. That bar is not that big. You know? And so at this point, I'm like, what did you do, Ree? What did you do? And she's not saying anything. She's not saying anything. And I'm stimming there, and I'm starting to cry. And I'm like, what did you do? Why aren't you saying anything right now? Obviously, you're guilty. And my mind just starts fucking racing, running. And I'm fucking and furious you're at this fucking It's 5 in the morning. Point. You're already mad because you're woke so up. So I stand up, and I'm like, what the fuck did you do? And boom. And I fucking, my entire fucking arm goes through my fucking door i open the door i run outside i'm like fuck this this is fucking bullshit and then i sit outside for about 30 fucking minutes just like calming down like trying to control my emotions and everything and then eventually we made up but talking about it right now why should i make up with her why why am i giving her the benefit of the doubt if the roles were reversed she would not be giving me the benefit of the doubt (laughs) she'd be like fuck you see ya no, so why, like, why do I like, have to be like, oh, no, it's okay. I couldn't find you for 30 fucking minutes. Because she's the one with the pussy. No, it's um, bullshit, Here's dude. the thing. She'd be like, what did you do six years ago at fucking May, May 1st? Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking at 6.30 p.m. I remember. You know, she sits there and she claims that nothing happened. Wait, I don't think so. Chris, I think something Every happened. action that you make as a guy is 9-11. Never yeah. forget. <laughs> Women never forget, dude. It's Throwback. Seem- <laughs> it seems to me that... You guys stopped fighting, not because the situation was resolved. The issue was not resolved. It was because you just didn't want to argue. And you wanted to be back to happy. You wanted so badly to have the pre-situation relationship. Pre-re. You wanted pre-re. That you forgot about what happened that it wasn't actually resolved. Because this really does not feel... This story has so many fucking holes in it. Like it, it, it just and some that, of those holes were penetrated, homeboy. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> No, I really, I, I, I don't like this at all. Um, I would, I, obviously, you shouldn't have fucking started screaming in the casino. 
that was your bad. You fucking got yourself set back a few paces, but you were justified in being upset. That yeah. is not okay. And I think you need to, like, if, if she really thought hard and really put herself in that situation, which she hasn't, I guarantee you she has not directly put herself in the same situation properly. She's probably saying, oh, no, I'd be okay because I trust you. They always do that one. But I trust you. Like, there's some kind of golden god who has, they're so much more empathetic and they're just a better person. They are understanding. It's like, bitch, no, you're not. Here, let's go prove it. Let's go to a fucking bar. Like, wait a couple of weeks. I'll let you think everything's resolved. Then I'll start fucking hanging out with some chick I know for 30 minutes and then disappear with her. And let's see how you react. You wouldn't be happy about it. At the very least, you would be super fucking mad and you'd yell at me. Like, you can't sit there and act like this is not okay. It doesn't matter if she cheated on you or not. If she didn't cheat on you, she still did a fucking weird, shady thing. Now she's acting like she's all innocent and okay, and like I didn't do anything wrong. She's still playing that card yep. really hard. Is I, like she's not accepting that what she did isn't okay, and that's a bad fucking sign. That's why my relationship with Des turned so fucking poisonous and turned so horrible because she never admitted when that she was doing a fucked up thing that it was a fucked up thing. She would apologize just to get me to stop being mad, and not because she acknowledged what she did was wrong. So where was she? Exactly. That was never answered. She said that she, she's going to say that over and over again that she was in the bar. You didn't see her. She's going to say that over and over and over again. But she's not going to explain. Well, how, like, okay, I was that wasted. Apparently, I was so wasted I didn't see you. What about everybody else? What about Jordan? What about Kenny? What about these other people? How come they didn't? Were they that wasted? Was everyone just too wasted? And you were fucking hiding in the shadows? Yeah. Huh? Are you a fucking ninja now? Really? Are you a no, Batman? You had no training. Are you a Batman? Even if I am wasted, oh, I would still be able to see you if you're in the bar because I'm literally patrolling the bar. Yeah. I'm literally like a fucking cop I, looking at everybody. Like They're I've like, been, whoa, dude, get out of my space. I've been that guy super wasted and looking for a girl in a insanely crowded, fucking hyped up bar where everyone's dancing, going crazy, and half the dudes there are looking for a fight. And I've weaseled my way through the entire fucking bar and found the girl I showed up there with. It's not that hard. Yeah, it's not that hard. If you're in the bar, As, I would find yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not passed out drunk. The to only the point way like, I don't find you in the bar is the last ditch. My last ditch effort is to go outside. Oh, you're in the smoking area. That's where you were. You always find them, unless they left somewhere. Exactly. When your best friend Jordan can't find you either, that's a fucking no. Problem. When multiple people were you calling her and shit? Yeah, and she didn't answer. No. What was the explanation for that? Didn't even bring it up, did you? Because you didn't think of it. Not until now. Now you're thinking of it. Yeah. And now we're fighting. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, you need to tell me where you were. And she was like, I was in the bar. And I was like, you don't need to talk to me until the next podcast comes out. Don't text me. Don't. There's no reason now. Because you. I do not. Because now you're thinking of it. I now do you're not it believe you. It's that simple. So what happens if she was in the bar? I'm never going to believe that she was in the bar. It's that simple. I'm never where gonna what, believe where does that. What's his fuck go? Who's what's his fuck? Kenny? Her boss. No, you didn't see the big guy. What about the pretty guy? Yeah, time Why out. didn't you see the big pretty where, where guy? The guy go? was with the he was with her when That's they what I'm found saying. Her. But if so, they were in the bar together, if you didn't see her, you would have saw the pretty guy. Right. Big no, big fucking gone. old. That's dude. two people. George Clooney, you find him anywhere you go. You Seriously. find him a burning she man. She can't just no, saying. So she she said that she was with him in the bar the entire time. Yep. She was with him yep. in the bar the entire time that you were looking for her. That yep. she disappeared. Yep. And you didn't find either of them. Nope. None of the group of you found either of the two of them. Nope. 
Suspicious. You can find George Clooney anywhere. Just saying that. You bet six five. Somebody, where's George Clooney? They're like, oh, six foot, fucking seven hundred fucking feet to the left. I'm. You I find now, George Clooney. I am now starting to realize that the only the only reason that I got over that entire situation was because I punched a hole through my door and I started thinking about my financial status and then all my brain shifted from my focus being on what just happened to me and re-emotionally to, oh, well, now I have to fix my door. How am I going to do that? I got to work more. And it shifted. The paradigm shifted. And then that led to me forgiving her. It's like the moment where Bill Burr says, once you call them a cunt, the previous fight's over. Done. Yeah. <laughs> now any the fight's ammo, all about... Any ammo you, you have yeah. is gone. Now the fight is all about you calling her a cunt. Now that's where the fight has shifted towards. They're mental so, ninjas, bro. Yeah, so I think that's where the fight shifted towards is now you fucked up. Now you hit something. Because I did the same thing. We got in an argument one time. I punched a hole in my wall. Boom, I start being upset that I punched a hole in the wall. And I started being upset that I was upset in front of the person that I'm with. Because I don't get, I don't like to get angry. That's where it shifted towards. It's always something, it always shifts, and they'll use that. It's like a fucking, it's like, like a lie, it's like a lure. Once they see that fucking hook, once you punch that fucking hole in the wall, you set the hook in the water. You have to she fucking. I'm that fucking hook, and so did you, bro. When you're arguing with them, it has, you have to, everything has to be perfect. You cannot make a single fucking mistake or use it against you. Like, I would always, oh my God, you're raising your voice at me. It scares me when you raise your voice. It's really scary. Like, fuck you. Don't She fuck, said, I literally went nowhere. We were at the bar when you left, where you left us. Where's nowhere, huh? Is that a bar? Because I know there's a bar called Bar. Went, <laughs> went, sat down at a table, smoked, went back to the bar. And I said, okay, well, I don't believe you. So I need time. I don't believe her. It, it's literally that I don't believe you. H- how can our entire I, party I, I can, not find you? Even if she's, okay, so even if she's in the bar. I said, pretend, let's say you just didn't see her. She was at some table where you couldn't see her. It was dark. It was really, really dark. At that table, there's shitty lighting. They were smoking. There was smoke. All these factors, plus you're drunk. For whatever reason, you couldn't see her. You still called her. She still spent an hour hanging out with just this guy. I think it was like 30 or 45 minutes, whatever. Yeah, but when you're drunk, it's And an inordinate amount of time with this person after you said you didn't appreciate the relationship. Oh, because apparently it was a joke. Even if you're joking, like... 40% 40% of the jokes you make you're really you really feel seriously about and you're joking about it well, to I ease say the rape tension. children all the time man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said 40 <laughs> 40% of the time you want to rape even all if, the time even if you were joking I mean that should be inherent that you shouldn't be like spending all your time ignoring me like like why your boy? She doesn't feel that it was ignoring me. She was just talking to her boss, and I was talking to my friends. What's the problem? What are you doing hanging out with your boss anyway? He can fucking fire you. Why would you? Ever don't come hang into work hungover tomorrow. You know we're drinking together. <laughs> I don't believe that I could walk through that entire bar and not see her. Oh, you're sitting Twice. down. Mm. Twice. How much did you drink? Through. Not that much. You, not in, you, by you, this oh. time. I was. I, I probably had. Two scotches. Wait a minute. So when you and Jordan found her, where'd really? you guys find yeah. her at? Wait, hold on. You did, did you guys? I had a scotch at the Mexican restaurant. I had a scotch at the dive bar. Okay, and then I had a scotch. So I had three scotches, and then wait, I had a scotch at uh, Novi. Okay, but and then wait, we went to Brew Brothers listen, next. When Jordan found her, where did he find her at? The bar. Which bar? At Novi. Yeah. No, 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 no. The same bar. At it was no- at Brew Brothers. It was just a little further down from where she was originally. At Brew Brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you guys went from Novi to Brew Brothers. 
Yeah, did you miss that part? No, sorry, I thought, I thought the whole thing was happening in Novi. No, the whole thing happened in Brew Brothers. Okay, so that's even smaller than Novi. Yeah. It's better lit. And it's yeah, better lit. and the dance floor, like, are you kidding me? Like, you go out to the patio, if you're circling Brew Brothers, you can find anybody yeah. at Brew Brothers. It's very, they kept, very small. Like, so they went, Adney literally works there. We thought we thought They kept going further Novi. down the bar? Apparently. Why were you going farther and farther from the friends group? There's a hole there, too. No, she, she sits here and says that why are you she was at the same spot. Why are you continuously trying to create distance? We're not in a boxing match. Ah! <laughs> why do you need this so much distance? Yeah, this is... This I don't want to accuse... I don't, I don't think she, like, fucked him or anything like that. I don't think she did that, anything like that. I think they kissed. There's I, not a doubt in my mind. For some reason, I don't know why... I don't know why. Maybe it's my past relationships. Because maybe. we're men and we think like, the worst. I, yeah. We always that's think the worst. That's not the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly um, not the worst. But I definitely, like... I think they found a fucking little tiny spot where they knew that they weren't going to get caught and made out a little bit. And then they came back. That's what I personally think. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I don't know about any kissing at all, but just just the fucking disappearing thing. That's what's If they disappeared and had a little talk. Because that's what's like known. It. What's known is they disappeared. You you can't you don't want to jump to a conclusion because that's upsetting. But what we know so far, the detective work that we're doing is <laughs> not they are, they have This is all speculation. This isn't detective yeah. work. This is not detective work, this is speculation and theorizing. There you're mind. We have no evidence to point one way or another. We have an right, one so eye account. Right, so if I don't have evidence, yeah, yeah, yeah. then can I even, am I even justified at being mad at this point? Well, because you, it happened. Oh, yeah. The evidence, the evidence Because you you're, are, no, as a, a, us, we can't really be that mad because we're trying to detect where we have to uh, separate ourselves from the situation emotionally. But since you're part of the situation that's affecting you, you're the one it's affecting, you're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be emotional. It's supposed to, like, that's what a fucking relationship is. It's being emotional. It's because you care about that person. I I mean, if you were to fucking start smacking her around, I mean, yeah, you're the fucking bad guy then. But, like, it's really fun. If she was just, if, like, if you would have flipped out immediately, you'd be the bad guy. But the fact that you were, like, you said If you thing, have to explain the joke, it's not funny. If you, if you explained that you were upset in the beginning and then they kept talking for a while, you didn't do anything. You're like, okay, I'm going to let you talk. Let that happen for a while. Then it disappeared. And you're like, what the fuck? And you were looking for her. And then you started to get mad. And then when you finally found her, then you made it audible that you were upset like it's it's a weird situation it's not like if it was you at bottom line if that if the roles were fucking reversed she'd be upset with you you're not searching through a fucking festival you're searching through a small bar Seriously. it's not that big if i can find Blue my Brothers fucking friends when i'm fucking tripping balls off of fucking acid in a crowd of 150,000 fucking people i think i can find you at fucking Blue. and the place where you smoke apparently they smoke the place where you smoke is the on the patio patio is incredibly well lit it's bright as fuck cuz they have the outside lights it's not even part it's barely even a part of Blue Brothers it's literally the outside light Blue Brothers is dimmed even, but you can still see everybody. It's still well lit inside Brew Brothers, let alone the patio. And then she played the whole role. When there's a like, fucking oh, light shine on. Joe said that he's so sorry that this all happened. And the first thing, are you kidding me? Blah. So you're obviously here. just immediately started talking to him about the situation. Oh my God, my boyfriend's crazy. Yep. You got to hear this story. Blah, 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 blah. Why is he the shoulder to cry on? D did you see all the text messages? <laughs> I'm joking. Don't do that. <laughs> That's gonna end it for the alcohol. <laughs> no, yeah, do your book suggestion, dude. I'm done. <laughs>
Like, I'm mad, dude. There's no... Like, she didn't ever explain anything to me. I punched the door, and that's what resolved the entire issue. And I didn't even fucking come to that conclusion until talking about it to you guys because I was saving it for the podcast. That's why I hadn't said anything to you guys about it. I hadn't said... Anything. Not even on the chat. Not even on any of the group chats. So this is my first time actually vocalizing. This is the first time getting other people's opinions. And yeah, it's fucking weird and it's fishy and I don't like it. It's that simple. I don't like it. I will say it did feel weird yesterday when I was over at the house. After we watched the fights. Weird atmosphere. Alright, I just want to... So... Last night, I know that we did the dating corner, and then there were, like, weird pauses as we were talking because I I had unanswered questions. And what I realized was because I punched the hole through my (laughs) door, we didn't actually resolve the issue. And because I hadn't talked to anybody about it, and then I talked the first time I talked about it was with you guys. We're right now sitting in the future (laughs) from from when... We first started talking about your dating thing. Yeah, that yeah. was in the past. Yeah. We are now in the future. But then after this, it's going to go Looking back to the, the past <laughs> to finish the episode. We're going to tie it together just like Robert Zemeckis. Well, I mean, I don't know how he's going to do it. I just wanted to address this because I feel... <laughs> I don't know how I do it either. I feel I'm that we. I feel, I feel that um, I just didn't present all the information, and if I'm gonna put our um, business on blast, then I feel that I need to represent her side as well. I must admit that there was like this little patio part of Brew Brothers that I didn't really check, and she could have been here and she could have been there. The conclusion of the whole entire thing is we are good, we are solid. Um, it was all about communication. It was just a communication error, and then as you both know. I overreact a lot. And so there was a little bit of that. There was a little bit of her not talking to me. There was a little bit of her realizing like, oh shit, like I forget that like I'm in like a serious relationship. I'm not good at serious relationships. I know Annie doesn't like that, but at the same time, I believe her. I trust her. No, and no. I, I, have, I have no reason to distrust her yet. You know? you, but the way you said so. that made it seem like Adney doesn't trust her. Like, <laughs> you know, she, she's, in a, she's never been in a serious relationship. I know Adney well, doesn't Well, because I know how Adney feels about that. I was the one who said I don't think that she cheated. You're right. I, I You're said right. That. And that, I said the exact opposite. I said so I don't I feel think like she cheated, asshole. but what she did was kind of fucked up yeah. and mean. Yeah. yeah. But where she that was, was my official stance. You're right. You're right. You're right. Chris didn't look on the patio. Yeah, no, no. So there's there are certain things about it that, yeah, okay, there's certain things that are fishy, but then at the same time, I must admit, like, I was like, I just want everyone to know, I'm not caving in or anything like that. We talked about it. We were talking for a solid hour, okay, and we worked through our shit, and we are good now, okay? So I just don't want everyone out there thinking that Reed's like a piece of shit or anything like that. Like, we were both pieces of shit that night, you know? So... She was on the patio. At the, end, the patio. at the end of it all, <laughs> we're, good. we're good now. Douchebag. Everything's cool, and I just don't want this to come off wrong. Everything's great. And I'm also not going to air my business anymore because <laughs> it's getting me into a little bit of a hole uh, that I can't dig out. No, you have to. <laughs> You're right, I do. <laughs> <laughs> 38 weeks later. Listen, I don't know if I should be doing this anymore. <laughs> That's funny. It was just today. It's been a half a year, no, bro. Shut up. Right like, seriously, today, Aaron was telling me, like, dude, I fucking love when Chris airs his dating bullshit. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, man. He's crazy. I was like, yeah, dude, it gives us so much material to work off. It of. so does. I was telling her that too, and she's like, you know what? It's fine. Like, you don't have to say yeah, like we're not you're really not doing gonna. Anything, so. Yeah, she's like, you don't have to say like, oh, I'm not gonna air it. She's like, I went into this knowing that you air out your dirty laundry. So I went into this already knowing that this is what you're gonna do. So you don't need to sit here and say you're 
you're not going to do this anymore to try and please me because I already thought that you were going to do this. And I was like, well, that's really fucking cool of you. So yeah. we're fucking money. All right. That's it's, it. People love it, too. It's fucking funny. <laughs> Whatever, cool. man. I feel I feel like this is just anticlimactic, and I'm, just, I'm disappointed. Dude, <laughs> you're always disappointed. <laughs> In you. Oh, shot fired. Remember when you weren't disappointed? <laughs> I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember berries. <laughs> All right. There was never a time where I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> 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 Let's settle in the weird for a minute. It's, it's, it's bathing. Mm-hmm. Punch a door in the hole in my head. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Open the door in my brain. Call me, take my body in. We're going to punch a hole in the mind door in the library. <laughs> library. Oh, call me, take my body in. going to open the door in my brain in the library. To the library where you are not. Where were you? We couldn't find you at the library. You must have went to the bar next door. It's fucking making me mad because I can't find you. Where did you go? <laughs> yeah. This week. What'd on- you do? Did you go to Roxy and dance romantically? So this week on Stevie's book suggestion, I'm going to suggest Cheating Whore by Chris Smith. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Just thugging. She's not a cheating. She's not a whore. <laughs> Take the first part back. No, my book is um, by uh, Harold Schechter, and <laughs> it is called Deviant. Oh, and, oh, oh, okay. Speaking about Deviant. Okay. And it's the truth behind the twisted crimes that inspired the film Psycho. <sighs> and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> It's a, it's really? a book about Ed Those Gein. are two wildly different movies. Well, 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 Ed Gein did a lot of things with skin. That's why. Cool, man. <laughs> That's cool, man. <laughs> um, He's the same guy who wrote the book Devil in the White City, mm-hmm. which is about H.H. H. Holmes. He does a lot of true crime, uh, like real fucking like, in-depth serial killers. It was him the whole time. It's <laughs> <laughs> everyone else. From America's principal chronicle of its greatest psychopathic killers comes the definitive account of Ed Gein, a mild-mannered Wisconsin farmhand who stunned an unsuspected nation and redefined the meaning of the word psycho. The year was 1957. The place was an ordinary farmhouse in America's heartland, filled with extraordinary evidence of unthinkable depravity. The man behind the massacre was a slight unassuming Midwesterner with a strange smile, an even stranger attachment to his domineering mother. After her death and failed attempt to dig up his mother's body from the local cemetery, Gein turned to other grave robberies and, ultimately, multiple murders. Driven to commit gruesome and bizarre acts beyond all imagination, Ed Gein remains one of the most deranged minds in the annals of American homicide. This is his story. And that's going to end it for the Alcoholicast. Um, you could find us all on Facebook at the Alcoholicast. You could find us on Instagram at the Alcoholicast. You could find us here at the house. We are Alcoholics casted things. Um, we are drunk. Dumb. Mm, dumb. Rate and review us on iTunes. Oh yeah, and that. Do and that. that. Most what important thing you got. Please, please. We are, Most please important. If you want to be important, uh, you got to rate and review us on iTunes. Listen, punk. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you, you want to. Did I leave? 
Five comments or six? <laughs> you want to get a shout out? It's better reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, say if you want to be, uh, you want to be a little bit a part of the alcoholic ass, you got to review us on iTunes. Listen, it's simple as that. <laughs> Yeah, Don't you be sad. Review us on iTunes. <laughs> I know you're so cute. You don't know how to use a computer. But, uh... Ask the man at home how to use the computer. The shiny <laughs> machine in front of you. Click on that screen right there. Do the review. Yeah. <laughs> ask him in. how to spell those words. <laughs> that are too difficult for his high little brain. <laughs> <laughs> ask him how to spell the words. You're just, you're just being over there with your, your cute self. You're doing your own thing. And then, you know, you're drinking Coca-Cola. You want to Don't call you too much. They'll get high self-esteem. They won't do what you tell them to. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta lower them a little bit. Let them know. You can find me. You can find me over here on uh, Instagram at the, uh, the last video file. You know that. You can find me over on Facebook as well. Ask your man how to spell Stevie Ox Bugazzi. He'll know. Because he's a fan of the podcast. That's all you gotta do. And give you a little Coca-Cola because it has a little drop of uh, cocaine. Uh, cocaine. Uh, yes, cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs>